Bum, 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 It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 bum, 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 Goldfish nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 to the first episode of 2016. Happy this New Year. is Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. How are you, Daniela? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you for. I for know. Ages. It's been a long break. Yeah, hopefully you guys out there haven't um, forgotten about us yet. It's been a, it's been a, a good few weeks since the last episode, since the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. I've just uh, just stopped singing. Yeah, um, pe- people commented on, on our singing. Oh, our beautiful singing voice. On my beautiful singing your, voice, Your yeah. beautiful singing voice, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that. Uh, but no, I thought it was really good. It's very Christmassy. Really Christmassy. How did, did your parents like They uh, listened the to it on Christmas Day to the point that wow. I, I had to go and Instead leave the, the room speech. because it was freaking me out to hear my voice and my parents listening. <laughs> you sounded so, um, not disinterested, but like, aggravated towards the end when we were singing. He was like, oh, come on, Jake. I think probably because it was probably take eight or nine that you finally yeah, allowed... Yeah. Uh, no, but the, the, the magic <laughs> of the podcast, you meant to say it was the first time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the uh, series four uh, s- start, and it's going to be um, one of those episodes that some people don't actually like very much, but it's one that I've kind of grown to like uh, across time, Daniela. It's good to hear. Yeah, uh, but before we get to the good stuff, um, what have, have you been doing on it in our little winter break? On on the winter break, I, I've had a proper winter break because I went to Chicago where it's freezing. I know, I'm so jealous. And uh, did you manage to uh, find the murderer of uh, of uh, making a murder? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did take a road trip to Wisconsin, and I saw one of the courthouses from the outside, you know which is like pretty a, a criminal exciting. Criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. Yeah, I didn't see any Averys though. Yeah, I'm really, really jealous. And, um, but both you and I think uh, one of my other friends here in America try to kind of like retrace the steps of yeah of Stephen Avery and Brendan Massey. Yeah, well, I didn't put too much effort into it. I saw the courthouse and then went on a brewery tour. Or so uh, you know. that sounds <laughs> good. What else have you been been doing? Ah, uh, pretty much just went to Chicago, came back and been working. Been to see a few films, went to a film premiere the other day. Yeah, you, which film premiere did you go to? I see? went to see The Revenant. Yeah, that's, that's great. I yeah, mean, I saw Leo. Yeah, I saw what he's tweeting yeah, about it. Yeah. So don't, uh, even though we've been away for a few weeks, don't, don't think that Daniela hasn't been like messing around with celebs. <laughs> messing around, let's but. clarify that, Jed. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. Yes, it's been pretty good. What have you been up to, Jeff? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you get <laughs> um, upset if I don't ask. Just <laughs> usually you just go silent, you don't ask me. Um, I've just been doing same old stuff. <laughs> um, my film, One of my films called Absence has been in a few film festivals since the new year. It was in the London Short Film Festival last week and the Berlin Film Festival a couple of weeks ago. Did well. It's cool. And I've also seen uh, the uh, first 
draft or the first kind of cut of my new film um, called uh, Dawn of the Death. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably show you next week or something. Yeah, I'm really excited. It, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really good. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we might get a, a Netflix series out of it, possibly. Wow. So who knows? Um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And it's been exciting. Christmas and New Year's. Pretty great. cool. Um, yeah. And what did you do for New Year's? Family stuff. Yeah, I, I, I hate going somewhere and having to pay like a million quid to get in and then just being bored. You hate organised fun. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I've only been forced into doing something for fun. A bit, bit, bit like this podcast, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did like to say. Um, but yeah, we're not alone in this, uh, po- in this we're podcast. We're not. Actually, this whole series full, full of guests. Um, and our guests for the first episode, um, we have Mr. Tom Stab. Hello. And Mr. Nick Alder. Hello. Am I saying your surname right? Yeah, you are. Great. <laughs> Thanks for joining it's us, It's not guys. a difficult one. Hey? It's not a difficult one. I, I, you know, I pronounce things really, really weird. Sometimes I get it. Re- I say things wrong for years and years and years, and someone corrects me, and I feel like an idiot. So I thought I'd uh, say it up front. How are you guys? <laughs> Very well. We're good. Good. Um, you, you, you guys may remember Tom from two episodes of the, the end of season series two of Snakeheads. Correct. Um, Back by a demand. Yeah, back by mine. Because I had such a lovely time last time. I wanted to come back. Thanks. Lovely to have you um, back. Tom, you uh, were one of the ones that uh, controversially made Quig quite low down in in the the Smeghead charts. Yeah, I've listened to all the episodes since, and every time you come to the end, (laughs) and you're always like, Quig is so. I I feel like I've let. A lot of Red Dwarf fans down. I think. Fair, I, I think it should be higher than to it actually is. To be fair, is. Tom wanted it higher. It was me that. that yeah, and I, it I, down. I still don't know why you did that because it, I, it's better than pretty much every episode before or since, really. Maybe besides Maroons, maybe. Yeah, I, I feel partly responsible as being part of the committee that <laughs> allowed that to happen. It's like 10th or 11th or something. It's yeah, strange. we'll it find out a bit more, it, can more we, later. Is there going to be some kind of uh, revision to. There might be an amnesty at, at the end. At some point, yeah, we yeah. can go back and just rejig it a little bit. Because it is an um, injustice. But we know all about you, Tom. And, oh. um, and, you've got, <laughs> and last time you brought us the stats for um, Tongue Tide. Correct. And, had it, and maybe later on we'll get an update on that. Yes, I have a little update. Great. And maybe later on we'll have, an, have a quiz. Who knows? Because people like that. But Nick, <laughs> um, how we don't know about you. So tell us a little bit about you, maybe in like one sentence or... Ooh, in a sentence. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can have a little bit longer if you want. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, uh, obviously, a fan of Red Dwarf. It kind of goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I work in uh, marketing at uh, Universal Pictures. We've got a mm. lot of Red Dwarf fans. Uh, oh, that's good, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of keen to air my thoughts on, uh, on Red Dwarf in, in this episode. Cool. And um, when did he f- first get into Red Dwarf? Because we know Tom's uh, story about the uh, audio tape and all that. It's burnt into, into my dreams, that story. <laughs> um, but how did you get first get into Red Dwarf? Was it like more recent in, in the relative scheme of things, or was it...? Now, I was racking my brains in terms of when I got into it first. I seem to remember I was watching it on uh, BBC Two when it aired uh, at 9 o'clock, I think it used to be on. I'm guessing it's... 8.30, 9, 9, yeah, something 9. like that. Yep. I think it must have been a later series. Okay. Um, so I'd, I'd go out, I'd play basketball... And, uh, we get it right. You're a, you're a jock. We understand. <laughs> yeah, we're all geeks, and you're a jock. Yeah, definitely not a jock. <laughs> yeah. I was just like slam dunking one day, and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone mentioned Red Dwarf because I was getting a three pointer. So like, that sounds sad. <laughs> yeah, I was basically sat on the bench thinking, oh, this basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, go back and, and watch. I watched Red Dwarf with my dad. 
Oh, awesome. yeah. Aww, that's yeah. nice. He, he grew out of it. I, yeah, I my dad doesn't get Red Dwarf. <laughs> I think he was just uh, yeah, indulging me. But, uh, <laughs> and yeah, kind of went back and uh, I've kind of loved it ever since. Can you remember like the first episode you might have watched or what series it might have been? I can't remember the first episode I've watched, but I think one of the ones that is up there for me is... Um, me me squared yeah okay yeah, yeah. That's, that's season one series one yeah yeah wow okay I don't think that's controversial but me isn't it it's an interesting episode oh, yeah, I liked it yeah and um, and it's weird because um, the special effects on that are splitting Rimmer in two on two sides of the screen so that was like 88, 89 I thought it was revolutionary but today I watched a series of Jimmy Savile adverts what? from 1980 why wouldn't you yeah um, because someone <laughs> provided a link to me about it, it you'd be careful on clicking on Jimmy Savile links <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was eight adverts that Jimmy Savile did uh, for the trains is this a YouTube playlist that yeah. someone's put together right. yeah what, did you say YouTube <laughs> YouTube playlist like YouTube put together yeah uh, evidence but it was there's one of the adverts this is 1980 where there's five Jimmy Savills on the screen interacting with each other it's like this is amazing special effects um, and they had him sitting on top of Nelson's <laughs> column as well it's like this is how dad there's so, so much innuendo in those sentences <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's great I did, I did also watch uh, it inspired me to watch uh, the Bill Cosby New Coke adverts oh, as well which, no, which yes. I watched today as well you're going to be on some watch lists <laughs> where he's like you guys should really drink this I'll put it on the, on the website. Just spend an hour in your head, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Just spend an hour. Um, what a yeah. terrifying <laughs> 60 minutes that would be. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's good to know, to know Nick. And uh, yeah, today we are discussing Camille, which is the first episode of uh, Red Wolf Series 4. And um, yeah, we won't give a summary yet because that, that'll kind of spoil it. We'll dive straight in uh, to the episode. Um, and uh, it starts off, and, and this first aired on Valentine's Day 1991. don't know if you guys are aware of that. Because I think they planned it quite quite good, because this is quite a, a, a lovey, romantic, mm. semi-romantic. Yeah. It was a nice idea to think that Red Door fans would uh, you know, need something to need do. Need a love story. Yeah. They weren't going out for dinner with a partner. They weren't doing much Exactly. Else. 1991, if you're into Red Dwarf, you probably don't have a girlfriend or a wife. Um, so Are you going to mention the... Or a husband and boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to mention the ordering of the episodes and how... You can mention that then, maybe. Okay. Yeah, you can mention oh, that. What's, what's Mr. Clever oh, I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, yeah, well, someone's looked at Wikipedia. Oh, okay. That's one, one step above what I've done. Uh, well, actually, I think you'll find, yeah. I'm not going to rename you Tom Stat. <laughs> <laughs> Another stab from Tom Stat. Um, yeah, so it's Valentine's Day. So this is um, uh, kind of a romantic one. And I think I remember... Well, I don't really remember it because I was too little, but... Um, I saw YouTube again. I saw YouTube adverts <laughs> of the lead up to this episode, and they, they were playing on the on the whole love aspect when BBC were were trailing this. Um, and also watching the opening credits um, for this, uh, the kind of where they intercut scenes from throughout the series, it, it just re- reminded me of how often I watched these on, on VHS because I could I, I knew which clip was coming next. I s- I said the exact same thing to yeah my partner Abby last night I was watching it and I was laughing and Abby was going the credits are playing why are you laughing (laughs) and I was just like I just remember all these individual scenes from the episodes in the series and when they when they happened within the episodes and what was going on I was just like oh it's like a nice little (laughs) trip down memory memory lane it's very nice it's it's great Um, and yeah I think it's likely to be maybe the second most watched series um, of Red Dwarf that, that, that I've watched um, it was like series three and series four, and then I went back and maybe season two and one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it starts off uh, with uh, Lister trying to break Crichton's programming, 
and uh, it basically leads off from where season three ended. Season three at the end of that, Crichton was all kind of just starting to break his programming. And so this first episode of season four, series four, I keep saying season, series four. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what you mean. Um, this is really um, trying to, to break that programming because he wants Crichton to be more of an individual, more human-like. So what he's doing in order to do this, he's holding up a banana and he tries to get Crichton to uh, lie about what it is, um, try to say it's anything else but a banana. But Crichton's programming, he's inbuilt to... Uh, to not lie, essentially. So uh, Lister says, I'll teach you how to lie and cheat if it's the last thing I do. Um, <laughs> and these are all, all the traits of, of being human. And um, I think it's quite noble and almost heroic of Lister to do something not for himself, because sometimes he, he can be seen as a kind of a selfish guy, a bit like Rimmer. He's quite selfish. He's the last human on Earth, so you, you can see why he's selfish. But he's really try, trying to help Crichton become almost like another human um, and actually that could be for selfish reasons because maybe he wants someone to be more human on board because because Rimmer isn't very human like yeah I was going to say I didn't it didn't come across to me that he was being noble and he was doing it for good reasons really? I think he was just bored and it was something yeah. to do oh maybe yeah <laughs> yeah I guess he's probably watched all of Netflix by now three million years <laughs> into the future um, I wonder if they still geolocate um, in, in the future and <laughs> geolocate you know when, where they block off um they block off a country so you can only yeah. watch oh right okay I feel like Holly's probably not uh, <laughs> able to kind of uh, avoid the uh, Netflix <gasps> Holly's just a big VPN just uh, a <laughs> yeah. proxy server um, but does, does does Lister not say like he wants to break Crichton's programming because he wants him to have independent thought wants him to sort of yeah. make decisions for himself so it's quite a but what do you think is the, the end game is for Lister why is he doing that why, do, why is he so invested in trying to get Crichton to break his programming is it because he wants someone else to be around that's more human or do you think it's do you, he just wants Crichton to grow and evolve and oh, as you said as Daniel said something to do as well mm. like I, th- I think it's a combination yeah. of all those things like he's also got that kind of like uh, anarchistic is that the right word Anarchic, yeah. sorry. Anarchic, uh, sort of, anachronistic. Yeah. But <laughs> kind of mentality where he just like he wants to fight against the system. So anything that he wants that's to break true. down and he's destroy, rules, he's yeah. just always trying to break the rules. That's kind of and that's interesting because in, in the previous episode, the end of season three, it was Rebel Without Cause was the kind of the, the the film that he was trying to kind of emulate. And then this one, it's obviously Casablanca that they're trying to emulate. But we'll come on to Casablanca. I feel like he's probably trying to break the tyranny of Rimmer as well because Rimmer's so mean true. To him and he just yeah. Kind of yeah. sees it and he's like, oh, you don't need to be like that. There's another well, way. Yeah, it was an ally. I think. It would really that's, annoy. Yeah, Rimmer, ally, wouldn't yeah. it, if Crichton could break his programming? Yeah. Because Rimmer's just treating Crichton like a slave yeah. um, so far. Well, in season three, he did. Um, so um, he, he's, he's testing with, with this banana and, the, and this fruit thing, and Crichton is momentarily able to break his programming and describes a banana as a smallest duty Czechoslovakian traffic warden, which <laughs> dates this program because Czechoslovakia is no longer. Yeah. When I watched this for the first time, I found that the funniest, about the funniest thing I'd ever heard it in my is entire life, really that line. Funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was watching it back, I was laughing almost more at me laughing at it <laughs> than laughing at it now. It's really good. Um, if you look at Red Dwarf cosplay online, which I, which I do quite often. What? <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. Um, people go to conventions and dress up like a like a, um, an off-duty uh, Czechoslovakian travel warden. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Would go. <laughs> quite a quite niche reference. Definitely. Um, and can you remember what uh, this isn't part of the test can you remember what um, Crichton describes your orange as Clint. Clint. 
No, a red and blue striped golf and umbrella. Um, and the apple is... Female apple? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it just keeps saying it. it'll be the answer yeah. to one of them. <laughs> The, Boliv- the Bolivian Navy on manoeuvres in the South Pacific, <laughs> which is great. And like, when you watch this as a kid, God, this is, is as funny as you can get. <laughs> and I remember like, uh, like watching this for the first time. I might, I can't remember if I watched it live or if I watched it on VHS afterwards. Going into school and trying to recreate that, uh, trying to drop it into conversation because I memorised those lines. You could never bring that into a conversation at all. <laughs> Um, I was quite a sad kid, it, it turns out. Um, Probably yeah. the, my favourite thing in this episode, I think, this exchange between Lister and Crichton. Oh, and yeah, then, it's great. And then Kat coming in and then Rimmer coming in. <laughs> it's just like they all kind of join in. And then, yeah. again, what I find quite funny is when Lister's like, Rimmer, Rimmer, come on, we'll look at this, watch this. That's and then yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think this is my favourite bit in the episode. It all, it's all downhill it from great. here. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't say that, but I really enjoyed this bit. Yeah. Cards on the table, um, Tom hates this episode. Really? <laughs> I, I do have a point about this a bit later okay, on, which cool. is slightly um, uh, revisionary. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't know you hated slightly. it. Wow. Well, um, yeah, as Tom says, um, then Cat enters because um, this, um, this is so happy with being able to break quite the programming. But in, um, in front of Cat, uh, Crichton's unable to replicate he's lying and also this totally blows my theory out of the water because they do speak to <laughs> yes <each other>. yes <laughs> so and, and <laughs> so is this scene all a dream then does it not actually take place oh don't no, don't was, don't, was, don't feed thinking, it <laughs> don't speak to each other. i don't know if you, you probably probably know nick that i in series three i was looking out because i thought there was some massive long-term conspiracy where cat and crying were the same person because they don't speak at all to each other. You can imagine maybe there's one episode the lo- on the last day. They kind of speak to each other, but they weren't looking at each other. But pretty much on all six... this, didn't you, Daniel? <laughs> Daniel I, I try and debunk it every week. He hates, Daniel hates it every time I brought it up. <laughs> it's not true. That's but why. I, like, I wonder if it carries on to series four. No, straight away, first thing. <laughs> it's blown out of the water. So it's a dream. It's wrong. a dream. It didn't happen. It's not real. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, so Kat's obviously not impressed with this because... Crichton is just saying an orange is an orange and apple is an apple. Um, and and Kat actually gets a lot of the best lines in this entire episode. And they've, they've really started writing for Kat rather than him just being a piece of furniture. And spending money on his outfit as well. Oh, yeah, his outfit. What an amazing yeah. set of garms that Great. is. Great. <laughs> garms. Um, well, I've got Kat's pink and leather outfit is amazing. <laughs> Arrow mm. pointing to who made them. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you want a pair then? Well, how would you... Why would you not want a pair? <laughs> that outfit is amazing. Sometimes Red Dwarf props I'll get online, and Cat's costumes are quite often online in prop houses mm. and stuff. Um, Just I'm wait for quite me. Snazzy I'm going to have a today, Google. though. I don't know if you know. They're quite cat-like. Um, they're like glit silver mirrored uh, yeah. trainers. Very jazzy. Very nice. Oh wow! M- might I suggest a little bit Jimmy Savile? <laughs> 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 a little bit. I do have a, a Jim Will Fix It badge underneath. Are you not worried about those getting like? Muddy or wet or stepping up, I've got lots of trainers. He doesn't go outside, <laughs> it's fine. He just stays in here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I always wanted to go and Jim will fix it. It's I did a, too. It's a real, real shame. Did you write in? Of course I did. Like I did. Week. What did you write in? What did you want to happen? I did actually write in because I wanted to be on Red Wolf. Did you? Yeah, I did, did do that. Um, I wanted to um, play for Liverpool as well. Um, FC football club. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I um, I wrote in because I wanted to be on stage with Cats. cats oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. And was that John Jules and Cats or was it just Starlight Express? 
would have been quite just appropriate. Star- if he I wasn't know he cat. was in Starlight Express, but I don't know about cat. Tom's signalling that he's got something on his phone. Well, no, I just googled cat red dwarf outfit, and literally the first thing on was like a person. Fancy dress. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> dress. Amazing. And that's the exact. That's the outfit. Is the great. Pink and Are you going to buy it? Well, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> and his basket. If I ever come back, I'm going to come back. Oh please. <laughs> okay. What are you going to do? The whole. Can you put this up on the, well? the website. No, I'm definitely not doing that. Can you put that up on the website? Yeah, I will do. And maybe the people on the forum can all club together and <laughs> buy it for. How much is the cost? How much is the cost? I'm going to find out. Right. Wait here while a man Googles something. 40, 30, um, 50, carry on. Um, talk, talking <laughs> of Danny John Jules, he, last night he had a short film on the community channel called Bucky. Um, I watched the trailer for it. I actually missed it. I was tweeting about that I was going to watch it. And then I was watching a film in the bath, so I completely forgot to watch it. Um, the best way to watch a film. Yeah, I, 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 I was do. doing a puzzle last night. You were doing what? what? Was it? A puzzle. Were you doing the puzzle that I got you? Not yet. I've still oh, got okay. my uh, Christmas murder mystery one today. Then oh, yours nice. is next. Daniela is Jessica Fletcher. I am Jessica She's Fletcher. a slightly younger I'm version. I'm so into a murder mystery puzzle. Oh, it, it it's really worked. good. Basically, you read the story where the crime's committed and no then you way. have to put a puzzle together. You've got no picture and there's clues in the final sort of picture of the puzzle and you have to solve who's, who's committed amazing. the murder. That sounds amazing. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Look how happy I'm you are. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't no, wait I, to get home and do it. Do you know what I used to, used to like? Um, the uh, video... Uh, the VHS yes. kind of atmosphere. atmosphere oh, yeah, I loved oh, atmosphere. Great, absolutely great. Probably get a podcast out of atmos- yeah. an atmosphere. Oh my god, you're right. Yes. Yes. Or a nightmare great. podcast, which would be. I would be great at that. Um, I'm going on Crystal Maze. Um, so am I. You do, yeah, you're doing it as well, aren't yeah. you? Um, basically, they, they, they're bringing back mm. something called the Crystal Maze Experience. Have, have you guys seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you do it. No. You don't look too happy mm, about it. Yeah, I was never you. that. What? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of with Tom on this one. It yeah. was good, but it kind of wasn't. The Edgar Tudor poll years weren't so great, but the, the Richard O'Brien years were Classic. great. So do you actually go into one of the rooms and yes, have to yeah. get the... Cr- yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, the excitement in Daniela's eyes. It's, it's a whole <laughs> massive thing. It's like I'm sure it'd be Yeah, I'm sure it'd be good. There's going to be an Aztec well, My enduring memory of it was you'd go into the crystal maze at the very end you'd have to collect yes yeah. you collected gold and you didn't want silver yes correct so you basically you collect the crystals as you go along and then they, they equal five seconds of time each and when you go into the final dome um you, you collect the silver and and, and gold and things. whoever's left of you that hasn't been locked in yeah i've always my friends are so annoyed me I've, I've given them a list of rules for when we play it and these rules are if you get locked in you're staying in i'm not wasting yeah i've already i've already told nick i'm not bailing him out if he gets locked in yeah, like, and, like, and i'd expect the same from him as exactly. well exactly i said if i'm stupid enough to get locked in leave me there i'm i'm, I'm dead weight I, th- I seem to remember though, the prizes were always if you did win and there weren't many people that did win if you won it was like you won a team building Dave <laughs> on, on a speedboat that's yeah. what we've just yeah. been doing you, you, <laughs> you, need, you need a lot of tokens to, to get anything good it's, yeah. it's usually like like Cheserton or something stuff like that yeah. but it, it, it's the it's the prestige yeah, it's the title <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I you've won a tea towel <laughs> 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 so yes, yeah, so a says lying is an important part of your psychological defense system. You're naked without it. Um, and Lister says if you can't lie, then you can't conceal your true intentions from other people. And they're going to talk about how um, Bogart in, in Casablanca lies to Victor Laszlo to protect his feelings. Um, and uh, Crichton does understand, even though he's a, he's a mechanoid, that sometimes it is noble to tell a lie if you're trying to protect someone. Yeah. So this leads me to, to an open question. Have you guys ever lied to kind of protect someone from something. For instance, 
Tom, you'll go off an abbey. Have you, oh. has she, has she what do you know? To, no, I don't know. Spider Um Has she ever like bought something for you as a present or like worn something and she's like, is this all right? And you go, yeah, it's fine. Or you've got a present from her. That no, <laughs> never. Not once, ever. Hi. Or <laughs> uh, just enjoy like that work. Maybe you've, you've, you've said something to protect someone's feelings. Oh, I always... I'd, I lie all the time at work. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Is this song good? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I forgot you worked in music. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I can't work, wait to work That's on all on this new album. That's all I will say on that. <laughs> w- would it be better if we were all kind of crying and everyone's telling the truth? No, I yes, think that would, would be horrible. Would, if you worked for a, for a big record label, definitely, because then rubbishy bounds would would disappear and die. Uh, Someone asked me the question: that, uh, Would you rather? Would you rather only be able to tell the truth, or every time someone asked you something, you lie, or so every time you you, you answered a question, it was a lie? Definitely tell the truth. Every single time. Yeah. But I said I was like supplementary question: To what degree are you lying? So. There's, there's but, different shades. Yeah. Because there's a bit avoidance. Yeah, and also yeah. to you know to it, to save someone from a, a horrible truth yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think i'd prefer the um always only lying. telling the truth oh yeah, yeah, yeah i think at least if, if someone knows that you always have to tell the truth you, you're dependable it can always no one else you. knows that oh okay yeah but then i think generally people would go oh that that guy he, he's always very honest Bit blunt so. yeah 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 but you can you do have the option of like not saying anything at all surely you can just be quiet mm. no comment <laughs> but like oh, i can't imagine like a band coming across your desk and, and they're like okay you have to do this for this band and you're like but they're, they're rubbish they're, they're it's awful. your job isn't it it's like regardless of whether you think it's good or not you do the same know, level of really work hard for me to lie about that but there must be some people that go this is rubbish but I'll do it anyway is it just constructive criticism is that is that where oh god never offer, never, never offer any criticism <laughs> <laughs> whether it's constructive <laughs> or not never say anything apart from it's amazing <laughs> Because I have this discussion with Tom Dark all the time because some of the bands on his label are are terrible. <laughs> what? No, they are. But like, I, I have to tell it. I, but obviously, he's very diplomatic and he says he, he loves them all. Um, but like, I know for certain there's certain bands he, he doesn't <laughs> which, which ones do you like, Jed? Muse. Are you, are oh, you, I like Are Muse. you saying this because you know Tom is in Australia and there's no way <laughs> defending himself <laughs> well, when and there's 11 hours ahead or whatever it is? <laughs> well, no. Like, every human being likes certain bands or doesn't like other bands. Hello, Tom. By the way, hope you're having <laughs> Hi, a nice Tom. time in Australia. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, cut yeah that I, out. I do. I do think generally. I mean, I, I I was racking my brain to try and think of of a lie that I've told, but I don't know. I I, I try like just to be quiet. Well, you told her like earlier when I asked you what you get, what are you getting me for Valentine's Day, and you said nothing. I know, but I was being quite truthful there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. There, there, there was lots of cases. I mean, for instance, if if you're if you have kids or whatever, and your kids made something or drawn a picture, and you go, yeah. "Oh yeah, that is great." That's it. But it's always awful. It's but you might awful. because they're your child and you love them. You might think that that is great. No, even though it's like I've got a niece and a nephew, and my my <laughs> my niece is way advanced. But sometimes she she draws something. I'm like, "That's terrible. That's rubbish. You're better than this." Do you say that to them? Yes. Tough love, Jed. Yes, because she has to learn. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll try this then instead. And that, that's why she's like the best in her class by far. Like, like I, was, I told you, like when I was, thank you, when I was little, I was put up a few classes because I was clever. But, but, but she's like that as well. And um, I think if you're, if you give constructive criticism to, to little kids, then they learn that 
Um, that everything they do isn't perfect, and and they can learn from that. I, I think it's a good thing to to um, to do that. So I don't know if I I'm think this sounds like tough love. I've got to be honest. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, Tom was went into the corner of the room to like, open the can. Like, like you're not allowed to do it on, on the in the naughty corner. I don't want to break the. Oh no, it's cool. We've gone deep into yeah, it. Yeah, I think we need to get back or. onto uh, Red Dwarf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, there's there's the whole Casablanca thing, which comes back later. It's a, there's, a, there's a few episodes of Red Dwarf that takes one film and just copies the exact plot of that film. Casablanca comes up a lot, actually. Casablanca is one. But, yeah, so remember that course in the last episode? Casablanca in this one. Um, and actually, there's Casablanca in a, f- in, in a few of them. And there's, mm. um, in Series 5, Episode 1, um, Holoship... Um, there's kind of a film thing there as well, but okay. I think it's a fake film. I, I started know. watching the episode last night. That's a great, ep- yeah, great episode. Great. Yeah, Seth Patrick, who um, runs the Red Dwarf website, is coming on for that episode. Awesome. Um, yeah, we've got someone from the BBC coming on for the next episode for, for DNA. Do um, they, do, is there ever a parody of It's a Wonderful Life? Um, but that's in the, in the books. Um, yeah. And maybe but they'd never do it in the show. Right. Yeah, because um, in the books, um, Lister ends up in, in Bedford Falls. I was the yeah, closest I've ever been to editing an actual Wikipedia page. Oh, really? Yesterday, because wow. I did a little look on the episode, uh, the, the Wikipedia Wikipedia page for this episode, and it yeah. says on there that Lister's favourite film is Casablanca. Okay. That's not true, is it? It's 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 a wonderful life. Yeah, it is. It's a wonderful life. I was yeah. so close. That's crazy. I highlighted that on my note. Casablanca, Lister's favourite film. For that very reason. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, mm, I, I'm weird. right. I didn't, I didn't know what. So I didn't know what his favourite film was. The, the I couldn't remember that being a reference. I mean, the danger with Wikipedia is obviously it, it's curated by by mental cases, and it, it can be. T- Hence, why I'm very tempted yeah. to, as soon as I get home, go and edit that page. Have you ever had a fight with had a fight with a um, Wikipedia editor? No, I, I have. Like the thing was last year. This um, it was one of the, I, I released a record for a band last year, and uh, they they put it their other record label put it up on on their page, and someone came on and took it off. Um, and so I wrote to this editor I was like why did you take that off and he said oh because it, it doesn't appear on the website and I was like well it's a release and blah 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 and it ended up being like a massive three month argument I had with this editor going back and forth And how's it been left how's, what's the result is it on uh, there we, we agree to disagree it's, it's up there now so it's, it's fine I guess I won but um, yes. he wasn't happy with it um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it is noble to lie sometimes um, Rimmer then appears on the vid screen and says that he's been waiting for Crichton in the hangar for 20 minutes um, because he was supposed to take him asteroid spotting. Typical Rimmer. He comes in on the <laughs> monitor <laughs> shouting at Crichton. It's just, just an absolute smeghead. <laughs> an absolute smeghead. But though I, I, I would feel, and I've been in space for a long time, but I always look quite like to go asteroid spotting. I would desperately want to go on a holiday with Rimmer. <laughs> I know you're being <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm just taking you down to the lower decks to look at the, the, the boiler. Yeah, I'm just happy with that. Yeah, that'll be quite good. We're um, into Series 4 now. Yeah. Surely they've been asteroid spotting already. Isn't that the Maybe one? off if camera. You think that every single day for them, they just constantly come into contact with, with asteroids. Yeah. You would think. Um, but know. no. But actually, maybe for Rimmer, someone like Rimmer, this is like. Uh, train spotting. There's never enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Never enough trains. Look, look, at the, look at the size of that one. 
Look at this one. It's, it's shaped like a head. <laughs> I feel like that's almost a bit adventurous for Rimmer as well. That's almost like an extreme yeah, it's, it's a bit like a space <laughs> image. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, um, I used to do a radio show on 98 FM. Shout out to Phoenix. And um, I had a guy coming on my show every, every week to do um, asteroid news. Um, and I was trying to get him to, to call in for, for this, but I couldn't get in contact with him. I don't know where he is. Um, he wouldn't respond to my tweets, I think, because I used to kind of take the pee out of him and used to force him to do asteroid news. He, he would have really bad research. Like, um, yeah, I think one might hit like in the, in the next 30 years and stuff. Great, great, great radio show. <laughs> yeah, I was a guest on your radio show once. Was that the one that I tuned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You saw me on, on, on the webcam. Caught me on the <laughs> Sessions will go, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's going well. Though everyone good from it, this is hopefully no one is listening from, from there. Um, <laughs> everyone good from it has gone on to do other things. Like um, Rob Jelly's at the BBC now doing like a breakfast show thing. He's on next week. Um, and he was doing the breakfast show at Phoenix. Um, it's, a, it's a great station. I'll tell you why it's great. Some of the presenters are so random. But um, every Monday night for the last 10 or 15 years, um, Steve Davis has an alternative music show. The Steve Davis. The, Steve Davis. the, snooker, the snooker player. Yeah. And every time, he has an, every time he has an interview or like a big match on TV, he mentions Phoenix and his show. Um, <laughs> Bless him. His show is, you can, you can download it, like, um, it's, it's amazing. He gets bands from all around the world to come on and the, just the music, just, just, his taste of music is amazing. Wow. No joke. He, he should do a music show. Well, on he TV does. and stuff. Yeah, on TV. He literally does. Yeah. And, and guess who, there was a snooker theme because um, the guy who runs Phoenix FM, um, he used to manage a lot of snooker players. So our Roven report is going around reviewing gigs from Neil Sullivan. <laughs> so, yeah, and in between um, many big tournaments, um, Neil Sullivan would go to like, gigs like wherever it was around and just come back and review them. It, it was the most random thing ever, but it was it was great. This is a slight tangent, but yeah. I feel like in we the 1890s, <laughs> when Saturday Night TV was basically based around games that you'd find in a pub. Darts and snooker. <laughs> Darts and snooker. So Bullseye and... Yeah, uh, absolutely. When, you know, the prizes break. were speedboats and like the Crystal Maze. Get, <laughs> yeah. yeah, game shows were better back in the day. Yeah, yeah they, do you know what? I know so many people that's one pointless. Like Almost everyone yeah. on my Twitter has gone on pointless and won it. God, I, I have pointless. Yeah, Daniela, should we go on pointless? Yeah, uh, they emailed, uh, Nick was telling me that he emailed Empire to say if they wanted to go on it and get a team. And I said, you should go on it. It's like, oh, no, definitely. No. Get me in as a secret intern at Empire. I don't, know, so I I don't know what Pointless is, to be honest. It's one of the best game shows on TV at the moment. Oh, is it's, that the one that they do a celebrity one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, I've seen the celebrity that one. That and the yeah. chase are the... Uh, I haven't uh, really watched Only Connect. Only Connect. Only Connect is very good. Yeah. Oh, no, that, yeah, that it was that one that they were going to form a team, Only Connect, not Pointless. Well, I don't, I don't, you need to be really, really, really super, hot on. super really? smart. Yeah, yeah, that's difficult to win. Uh, yeah, that's next it's level. University challenge level. Oh really? Yeah, it's basically oh, that. I've not seen it. Maybe um, more. Possibly. Because that's just a straight Q and A. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there's a lot more to very yeah, lateral thinking. But yeah. the Empire team should go and pointless. I don't know why, why they don't. No, it was only connect. Uh, but, but they should like okay. Empire versus like Total Film versus whoever else. There's <laughs> no one else. <laughs> We'll play them at Connect Four as a compromise. Okay. <laughs> when Chris Hewitt comes in, we'll we'll, we'll do a, a version of um, okay. a funny Connect okay. so we can practice. Um, okay. So uh, where are we? So yeah. So so uh, Rimmer is trying to call um, Christ in Norway because um, he's late for his uh, mandate, basically, um, and uh, it, uh, the opportunity arises uh, for for Lister to to try and instill it into Crichton to call 
Rimorous Snake Head. So he holds up uh, cards, like flashcards, saying Snake and saying Head. And uh, I love that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that he's gone to the effort of making the cards. <laughs> yeah. So Corian obviously has difficulty because of his of his uh, his inability to to offend humans or whatever. So he's. It, does, does, can anyone do an impression of Crichton trying to say Smeghead? <laughs> Daniela? Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> because it'd be funny coming from okay. you. Uh, <laughs> Smee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first part, yeah. He. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did it, Daniela. I'm really glad. Um, so, yeah, so, so Crichton obviously can't really really say it but uh, the next scene Crichton does attempt to do it he <laughs> so we see Rimmer stand outside Starbug berating Crichton and uh, Crichton does attempt to do it and it's even funnier he's saying Smee it's basically the same joke yeah it's just funny yeah. Yeah. It's just even despite despite the very very bad green screen <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the, the Jimmy Savile advert is, is much better. Stop, going going stop I'm promoting sorry, I'm really Jimmy Savile. You've got to see all these adverts. <laughs> great theme song as well in these adverts. Great theme song. Actually, Savile, great theme songs all around. Jim will fix it. Jim, yeah, Jim. Yeah. You, you must admit, like, drunkenly, with a bunch of friends, when someone starts the Jim will fix it theme song. Where, Where is this going? going? I don't when know. It happened? <laughs> happens to me all the time. Because I started, mostly. I, I'm not one of these friends, okay, okay, I'd like okay, to clarify. You, you walked out of a pub, loads of people around you, get into a bus, and then all of a sudden someone goes, your letter is only the start of it. Everyone will join your in. Your letter is only a Part of, of it. it. Now you've done it. Jim fix it for you. And you and you and. Exactly. But you can't say that for the Cosby show. That's the point I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. on. So, Rimmer is being an annoying snakehead inside the cockpit of uh, Starbug. Um, and uh, Crichton is still attempting to say snakehead, but he still can't do it. And uh, Holly appears and uh, says there's something, she's discovered um, a kind of a signal, something's marooned on a planet in decaying orbit, wherever that is, and the planet will explode in two hours, which mm. is very convenient, very specific. And um, Rimmer's like, well, it's, if this planet's going to explode, we're, not, we're definitely not going to uh, uh, kind of go down because we're in danger. But Crichton's like, no, let's go down. He, he doesn't listen to, it, to a human, though is Rimmer really human because there's a hologram? And he um, avoids uh, listening to him and goes against his programming and goes down to the to the planet for the rescue, which is a very noble of Crichton, I thought. I feel like it'd be good to see an org chart of Red Dwarf. Who reports it? Who reports it to who? That's true. I feel like it's just one long line. Possibly Lister reporting into everyone. Yes, I want to see this org chart too. Though I guess Crichton reports to everyone as well. Cat doesn't report to anyone. Cat's on the different chart. Though, like in, in the books, Rimmer has a lot more authority. He has, he has a whole team under him. He has, he has like he has like fifty people under him because he's first technician in the books. Um, Is Holly top? No, he, he, he Hollister. Ho- Hollister is obviously um, above everyone. No, but I mean now, like Holly. No, who's just a computer? Yeah, but I'm just trying to think of who's left now, who would report to who, and... Remember, technically, is the the most senior. Yeah. Okay. But doesn't 
but Lister takes the chef exam. Doesn't he pass that? <laughs> he pretends he does. He fakes it. Uh, he says at the end that he does. I know. I'm so disappointed. But what's stopping him doing it again? Yeah, he could just take it forever yeah. until he passes. Yeah. He's got plenty of time on his hands. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, Crichton goes down to the planet for the rescue. Back on Red Dwarf, though, Cat and Lister, they're watching something called Tales from the River- Riverbank, The Next Generation. <laughs> Did everyone else have to Google what this was no I, I or did you know? know what it was but I was this was I'm not joking the worst series of jokes I've ever seen it's on Red Dwarf yeah, odd, it's very it? bad really, it's really odd. odd doesn't work they, they talk about Hammy the hamster and his career trajectory and how now he's doing hamstergrams I started doing the Times crossword at this point so I missed the scene <laughs> There's a, similar, there's a similar joke where they're talking about uh, Flintstones in, a, in another episode. Oh, no, that's episode good, one of season oh, three. Oh, that is yeah, good, yeah. 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 That's good. And this is in the same league. Which yeah. Just well, with the Flintstones joke, it's, it's a known property. Everyone loves the Flintstones. It was funny. This is just such a random, obscure... It's it very like, niche. like the writers thought, yeah, let's sneak this in. because maybe love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get enough. No one loves this. Yeah. And, yeah, but do you think, like... Because it must have gone through a committee or whatever. Do, do you think, like... Like Doug Nail went, this will get them. I feel like commissioners at the BBC. I, I, I don't know this. I feel like <laughs> yeah. commissioners at the BBC probably read the first couple of pages and thought, yeah, it's yeah. fine. They know what they're doing. Approved. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the, then the crowd, the, the, the audience just barely raised a titter, really. Uh, and actually, yeah, I know, in my, note, <laughs> <laughs> in no, my well, notes, I just put, off off the head. episode has lost me at this point. Yeah. yeah, it lost me as well. I think they get it back a little bit in, in a bit. Oh, they, yeah, they but that that was back, a, a that was an all time. Should we would we go as far as to say that's an all time low in Red Dwarf? The Hammy the Hamster joke. It's pretty it's bad. It is up there. I'm trying to give something that's worse. To be honest, it's series seven, eight, nine. Yeah, really. That's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Hammy the Hamster. We never that never did get called back. Oh, it's, it's awful. Um, so Rimmer appears on the vid screen again, being a smokehead, and explains what Crichton has done. Um, and that he's Thomas. Did you have something about Hammy the Hamster? No, no, I'm oh, d- okay. I, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the Hammy the Hamster Wikipedia page in case there was any solid gold that I could dig out. And it? there's a whole section that's about environmental impact of the show. Yeah, it, like, it, it was like a. Um, that's what took me by surprise. Was that other environmental uh, TV show? Uh, oh, Farthing Wood. Oh, I love the animals of Farmingwood. I went out with this one girl who was obsessed with that, completely obsessed with it. I'd like watch it like during the night. It was, it was weird. Okay. <laughs> like you'd wake up Jenna in the middle of the night and she'd be that, uh, and she'd just be like sitting really close to the TV screen. Yeah, and she was obsessed with um, the Last Unicorn as well. I remember that? I've never heard of it. Oh, it's weird. Has anyone read the Wikipedia page that references this Hammy the Hamster bit? Though? No. <laughs> Does any, is there any good facts about Hammy the Hamster I should know? Not really, but it, it's, it goes like this. It says, Lister watches a vid recording. I'm assuming that's some abbreviation yeah. video. Recording. <laughs> You've cracked the code. You something good assumption. Here. A television show, Tales of the Riverbank, the next generation. A parody of the Tales of the Riverbank show. Hilarious already. And Star Trek, the next generation. Lister compares the main character Hammy the Hamster to the rodent equivalent of Marlon Brando. Uh, it, it just, it didn't also it was, it, it was on the Wikipedia page, words that just didn't yeah, go anywhere. There was a there was a feature film in two thousand and eight that went direct to DVD, starring Stephen Fry, Ardlo Hanlon, yeah. Steve Coogan, and Jim Broadbent. What <laughs> an all star cast! Because because Steve Coogan did Wind of the Willows, and I think Stephen Fry did as well. It's very very similar to Wind of the Willows, but they've got them in the studio. Good. Let's yeah. get them to do this as well. Get some other thing about a rodent. Pay him an extra fifty quid; it'll be fine. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so yeah, all time low, guys, all time low. Um, so um, yeah, so Rimmer appears on, on on the vid screen and explains to the other two that Crichton's gone berserk in his eyes. Um, and uh, Rimmer blames Lister for this because Rimmer uh, says that Lister's encourages Crichton to be a rebel, not only in this episode but in the previous episode. So anything that happens, and if he dies, it's all to um, the fault of Lister. He's looking for an excuse to blame Lister. He and just wants to get back at Lister, yeah. And I think it's quite on to the fact that he, he's he's deprogramming Crichton just just to mess with Rimmer, really, because um, Rimmer can't get his ironing done. Not that he needs ironing because it's a hologram and. Anyway, and he's got a snazzy uh, like emerald uh, pajama satin suit. That's true, but he can just ask Holly to, to sort that out straight away. Um, so yeah, so we uh, we then see Crichton on board um, this crashed ship, and uh, he's just looking around for the for the survivor, and Crichton falls off a ledge. Um, and uh, he calls out for Rimmer, even though Rimmer is on on the ship, and also Rimmer is a hologram, so Rimmer's not going to be able to help him up anyway. So it was quite of a, a weird thing to I call. I feel like Crichton's got pretty good vision. It, it really shouldn't have happened. Good vision, robot strength. Yeah, and robot strength is probably bigger than human strength. Also, I feel like yeah, it just Rimmer would have just let him fall. Yeah, Rimmer doesn't care. Definitely. And also, if he falls, fix him as a robot. Yeah. It's fine. No issue there. Um, but yeah, someone helps him up, um, and that someone is Camille. Um, and we see that Camille is a mechanoid too. And not only that, she's a pretty mechanoid. Beautiful eyes. Um, did, what, what did you We're all looking round at each other, not knowing what did. to say you know, to Jed. You're letting it slide. She had nice eyes. Got a bit got, got on, uh, Tom, I, think, I feel like you should say what we're all thinking right now. I can't say that I've made any notes of Camille's eyes. Yeah. But well, you, you know um, Robert Llewellyn went on to marry that actress. Yes. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Is that how they first met or did they already know each other? No, I think they met because of this, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. There's a, there's a bit of a... Sort of uh, love interest with loving. another character. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come on to that. So, so Camille, so Camille, um, the beautiful android, <laughs> um, helps him up, and there's almost it's an instant attraction. I think that's because they do look identical, and probably Crichton's like. Besides the eyes, come on, guys, give true, me that. True. I'll give you that. And Does also the eyelashes. Those eyelashes. And, and uh, supplementary. I didn't question. see the eyelashes. Why? Why does Camille need? Uh, in uh, mechanoid form, yeah. Why does am I going to say she? <laughs> mm. Why does she need uh, robot pointy boobs? Because it is Crichton's idea of a perfect mate. So he's so as a robot, he is physically attracted to boobs. Pointy ones. Pointy boobs. Pointy robot boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it also suggests that he does have a physical attraction, which as a mechanoid would that be even part of his program? Exactly. So surely he exactly. would be most attracted to like a hoover or an iron or because that's his he is. i think that's mentioned in other episodes so that would be what his dream sort but of partner would be would be like some dirty washing a dyson yeah. yeah but not only <laughs> to be honest physical. i i, I, uh, what, what? I empathize with that i am uh, if it was a house fire oh, well, okay. section <laughs> if there was a house fire i would say two things What's that? Three things, including Abby, um, <laughs> my Nespresso machine, and my Dyson Hoover. Who's going to say your cat? <laughs> oh yeah, and the cat yeah. as well. I oh, know the cat would be out. He'd be fine. He'd be sorting himself out. Nespresso <laughs> machines are relatively cheap nowadays. You, you wouldn't. You would risk a life for an espresso. They are good, to be fair. They are good. Maybe the pot, just the pods. <laughs> <laughs> These are, are expensive. Um, yeah, but it's not only the physical attraction Crichton has. It's, it's the kind of like. Um, the, 
then the mental attraction as well because she has the same characteristics and interests um but it is a little bit full-on it's they are straight away just enamored with each other which unnaturally i find um and uh yeah so i just i think it's a bit weird and i think christ and being very clever should have sus something was weird straight away i think he just fell he fell, fell love, yeah he? love is blind isn't it love is blind. um but yeah so camille is actually the gti version uh, um of the 4000 series whereas Crichton is just the plain old 4000 series like gti when i think about what gti meant it, yeah. in a car would suggest you know some kind of uh, additional Fast. extra on the body whereas yeah i'm not sure the well there's pointy boobs they they're they quite aerodynamic and uh yeah okay yeah, they did. They did the trick for me. I can tell you that. Um, They're but talking yeah. about how attracted they are to Beckanoid. Yeah, I've switched off. I switched off. I'm leaving them to this one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it all moves a little bit too fast, and um, when that happens in in, in real life, um, obviously you get worried. If if you met a, a girl or a, or a guy, Daniela. And a girl or a guy, Daniela. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you met someone of the opposite sex or whatever sex you're into, and they're full on, they come onto you full on. I'm used to that, but like other people <laughs> might just be like, "This is a bit weird." Do you, would you find if someone came on to you, even no matter how attractive they would say, "You love what's, what's his name?" Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. If you saw him and he was weirdly enamoured with you straight away, first meeting, you'd think this is nice, but isn't this a bit weird? No, I'd I'd be totally and a bit into it. And a bit if it was Michael Fassbender, I'd be totally into it. Yeah, no, if it, into if it, it was oh, someone like that I've never seen before and I'm attracted to them, I think it's a bit weird. Okay. But I've built up the attraction because I know who Michael yeah, Fassbender is, is. Whoever your perfect person is, Michael Fassbender, that's who you would see. So you'd see Michael Fassbender mm. and he would be like really into you saying you've got nice eyes and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but you would think something was weird though, wouldn't you? You'd think, no. why is this? I'm sure if Michael Fassbender had met me. I mean, we've been in the same room, but we didn't like Three million eye years. Contact. It's three million years in the future. <laughs> Suddenly, Michael Fassbender, who should have been dead for three million years, is now in this spaceship. But no, actually, you know what? He's really hot, so let's get on with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Well, well, next time you're in a room with Michael Fassbender, what bring it you, up. Are you, are you gonna, are you gonna like? Just speak to him. I don't know because I freaked out last time, so and I had to try and act calm. Sorry? Drop him the worm do line. What? What's a worm do? <laughs> oh. Rippers on the ground. I walked right up to that one. Straight away. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a bit weird. And the client being an intelligent being should know better. And uh, he, he says to her, let's go back to uh, Starbucks, back onto Red Dwarf. And she says, no, it could work out if it was just me and you by ourselves. Um, there can't be anyone else involved, and she and he's like, oh, they're, they're quite nice people, kinda. Um, so they eventually get on board. Who can I say I something? Say, yeah. Do we think at that point, if that had been uh, Lister or Rimmer, would they have just naffed off with with the girl that they saw? Basically, I, I feel like. I mean, I think in in all of their situations, they would be happy with that person coming on board and. There's no mean, supplies or anything. Yeah, because she she says, "Come on, we can we can make a thing of this if we run away together." And I feel like Rimmer, that's in the back. He's gone. Words, yeah, He's actually, gone. They, maybe they all would. And I feel like Lister probably would as well. Maybe if it was. Maybe oh, but Lister- can Rimmer leave the can Rimmer leave the ship? In certain like, episodes, he can. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to like. Well, it depends if they've got the power to power him on, on yeah. the ship. So yeah, possibly. Uh, but yeah, so they get back on the start onto Starbug, and Camille meets Rimmer for the first time. And she appears to Rimmer in the form he's 
he's most attractive which to. I didn't think which was very realistic I, I completely agree I don't think that's yeah. his the form that he would be most attracted to Daniela talk us through Rimmer's dream woman yeah talk us through <laughs> what, what you, what, when you first saw that woman what you first thought and what you think you should have saw because let, uh, we haven't explained it um, Camille is a pleasure girl and what that is is she appears girl. to everyone um, as the person they're most attracted to and the ideal person. So Crichton saw his most perfect mate, and uh, now Rimmer has seen his most perfect mate. So, so yeah. Right, first of all, why would she be a hologram? Because it's a lot like him. So? I think he wants someone to relate to, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Two, I'd imagine her to be, sorry to the actress who played a, a lot more attractive. Looking what was wrong with her? Then? The fringe is appalling. Yeah, sort the she, fringe out. She looked like she hadn't washed her hair in a while this was 1991 Daniela yeah I wash my hair every day you know there's no excuse and um, what did you think of the way she was dressed and just maybe I mean he's quite with the 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 dress he's quite into sort of military like uniform so that that's fine fine. that's fine but I you know what was wrong with her face what what was wrong I just expected to be a lot more attractive if you could pick like any woman you would go for the most attractive looking woman you could find but do you think he might have picked someone who was more realistically an option for him no no because he, he well he has delusions of grandeur anyway doesn't yes. he? So he was true. i mean she is too good for rimmer but good point i don't know he's looking quite attractive in this episode oh, you bloody love here him, we you? go daniela <laughs> no i did i did all this fast bender chat and you're just like actually daniela, i'm sure daniela if i look if i google do you write slash fiction red wolf slash <laughs> yeah my spare time <laughs> i found myself on the holodeck with rimmer <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she, she, yeah, I mean, she, she was all right, but she, yeah, she is. She's the not eye. dream girl material. That's she's what I'm quite, saying. Um, she's quite wet, isn't she? She's like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, like there's no, there's no, there's not actually with quite with all the sort of female, um, I say opposites that they're attracted to. Yeah, they're all a little bit passive and yeah. not that. You know, yeah, it's yeah, true yeah, yeah. because don't forget we've previously seen a parallel universe. Yeah, episode so that's the point that I was about to make. We've seen what their opposites are. So and they didn't like that. That's yeah. a good point, actually. Yeah. They didn't like them. So this is this is, I mean, not not as full on, but quite similar. Do we ever meet? Because I was thinking, uh, would Yvonne Magruder uh, rear her head? But we don't ever meet her, do we? Yeah, we do in uh, um, Better Than Life. Magruder appears in, in the car and has the kids with him. I was going to say, she's quite attractive. Uh, she's more attractive than this lady. Yes. Not to cast dispersions against this, this actress um, who... Also, we're making sweeping generalisations about someone's physical appearance and uh, exactly. we don't know what they're like. But I think if it's as, the truth, as, it's as fine. People, I think, I think that's the line. I just feel like we have, to put dis- we have to put the disclaimer in. But I think specifically for this episode... <laughs> She was meant to be the um, ideal of beauty, wasn't she, for Rimmer? So, who are we to say what beauty yeah. is? Who, who knows who's that's well, we what know, Rimmer's into, who, and good like. for him. Um, so yeah, so uh, Rimmer is uh, obviously straight away enamoured with um, this Camille hologram, this version of Camille, um, and he's yeah, he, he he tries the moves on her. He, he finds he has things in common, um, and. She calls him charming, and uh, I think that's the first time anyone's ever called him charming. And that should have been Rimmer's first clue that something was wrong as well, because he's, he's not charming, he's an absolute snakehead. <laughs> um, but again, he probably thinks that he is 
I think so, but I think it, it, there are times when he's very truthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charming. I mean, there are episodes where he is quite heroic and noble, but this isn't this isn't the time for that. He was he's been an absolute snakehead this entire episode. So, um, so obviously this is going to lead to confusion later on. And Rimmer and Crichton are in the uh, cockpit of Starbuck, and they discuss the fact they think that romance is in the air, and um, neither realizing that they, I mean, it applies to the other person. I thought this this them. seems quite funny. Yeah, actually. I like this. I like this exchange. Yeah. I liked it. It's like a kind of a French farce or something where like yeah. they're getting confused over over stuff. And I think the way it was edited was really good. Where sometimes you saw the 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 mechanoid come in the background and sometimes you saw the hologram come in in the background nice nice touch Red Wolf nice touch um, and uh, Rimmer says that uh, she's so like my sister-in-law Janine it's untrue <laughs> uh, and Crichton asked if uh, Janine was in a, a horrific accident <laughs> <laughs> but this whole this whole banter between them is yeah. great um, and Crichton's confused and asks Rimmer if he finds him attractive and Rimmer says he looks like a giant half-chewed rubber tip pencil <laughs> it's just great writing yeah, yeah it's good, very good. And like such inconsistencies in this episode it's like <laughs> yeah. there's some really really great stuff in and then just some stuff, absolute rubbish. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a real duality. Like, I mean, this this I think because this episode is in a series that's very, very, very strong, it kind of loses um, points um, if you kind of um, if you compare compare them. But yeah, I think it's if you put this into into season one or two, th- this would be one of the standouts, I, I guess. Um, so Camille, uh, um, the rumor and Crichton uh, are discussing that but um and they get back to uh red dwarf and camille meets lister um and obviously to him she looks like lister's dream girl but lister's dream girl is kachansky so why isn't kachansky there and it's because the actress couldn't make wasn't it. available oh, is that <laughs> yeah. why so um they try who do you get in hey someone that looks a little bit like lister yeah they basically got someone to dress up like lister but looks a little bit like kachansky with an accent and in the credits, she is listed um, as Kachansky Camille. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but literally, they got in uh, Craig Charles's... They got Craig Charles's girlfriend, girlfriend to yeah. come yeah. in. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but I think she was, like, the last option. We went through a series of actresses. Cause and she was just it. there, so, you know. Oh, no, we're stuck. Out. Because is she... I, I, I probably should have looked into this, but is she credited in any other programmes at all, or was she literally just... Craig just, Charles' just girlfriend, she's here, come in, do these couple of lines, and then... But, like, I mean, yeah, essentially. But, like, I looked into... not not No, but a while ago, I looked into her, because she had a music career after this, and Craig Charles actually wrote some music for her. Right. She released some songs. What record label was she on? Maybe she was on Warner, was she? Well, yeah, that's Tom Dunn. I can't remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she, um, she released some songs. She was kind of like Tori Amos, te- Tori Amos-y. Which One is, hit one, though. <laughs> but no, wow. a no hit. She was a no hit wonder, really. And the videos were terrible. Very early nineties, terrible. What? Um, so there were actually multiple videos. She had a yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then I think around two thousand and five, she stopped updating her website. I think that was the last time <laughs> she updated it with her latest like, album. And then just Craig Charles Gravy Train Cash had dropped out. <laughs> 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 right. He'd spent it all on. Yeah. Uh, Are they still together? No. Did he ever play anything on his funk show? Is that funk show still going? It's still yeah. going. It's, it's not the most he's been on the DJ scene. Yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah. over his troubles and he's fine now. He's doing really well. Obviously, the the, the coronation street money is. Uh, I'm pleased for him. 
I'm really pleased for him, yeah. And like his sixth music show, I mean, is probably the best show on there. I think he's got a good taste in music. Um, and yeah, so um, um, this person that appears to him is, is semi kind of fake Kachansky. And again, not 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 the prettiest maid all in a row, is she? She's a... But this was his actual girlfriend, so aren't we suggesting... Yeah, but she, she didn't, he didn't stay with her too long, so it can't have been his ideal girl. <sighs> <laughs> but um, she um, she was there. She was available. She was quite she was quite a plain Jane. I she thought. She was cheap. A plain, <laughs> plain Christine. Um, and I don't know. Was this her first acting gig as well? I don't think the acting was too strong either. To be fair, neither was yeah. Rivers. She was yeah. no. She quite, was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Really Though weirdly, she went on uh, the Rimmer um, Camille went on to do quite had a good acting career I'll tell you about that later um, but yeah I think I think the Camille Kachansky this is make up part of the quiz <laughs> yeah oh, hey. the, um, sorry the uh, the Crichton Camille uh, was the best actress all round yeah okay, easily yeah. 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 really really yeah. really good and as I said it's not nice. difficult <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so, so, so Lister's obviously on full on perv mode and pretends to be um, a, a doctor and says he has to do tests on her and says he's seen Every episode of Saint Elsewhere, and that's why he. It was very rapey. This very rapey. They had to repopulate the earth. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm a. Yeah. I'm they're a, not. They're, th- these guys do not play cool around women at all, do they? They are well, just. Imagine he hasn't seen. So this is season. Yeah, seen but if you haven't seen a woman for a long time, you'd still be a little bit like. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, he had sex with 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 cold. his with his opposite as well. So I guess that's a woman, but. It's, Kind of weird. They reckon he's a bit cocky and a little bit. Yeah, like, he's, I he's kind of. Woman I guess he's got nothing myself. to lose. He's literally full of himself. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this this Kachansky is. I can't uh, see the face I'm making right now. She's up for it. She's really up for it because uh, as a, as a pleasure girl, they're kind of programmed or designed to kind of just be up for it. Uh, it's a pleasure girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you think it was? <laughs> a pleasure girl. <laughs> Genetically engineered life form. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pleasure girl. Okay. I can see what, see why you did that because there was no boys up until this point. Um, and yeah, so um, uh, we get we then see cats uh, being quite confused and saying, "Listen, explains to him that uh, when you look at Camille, you see a perfect mate. So cat can't wait, and cat's really excited." So he walks into the room, and and this Daniela was excited by this point. I I had this put spoiled for me. So I was watching this last night with my boyfriend, and we were just coming to this point, and he said, "Oh, this is really funny. This is when Cat walks in and sees himself." <laughs> I was like, "Spoiler!" Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was yeah. very funny though still it was funny and I laughed he went see it's, it's still funny <laughs> and again, great green screen great because yeah. they, they, they they high five seamless stuff. Yeah. not as good as the Savile um, green screen oh for goodness like sake first mentioned. Oh, drop it amazing. drop it guys there's five Savile. five Savils on screen at, at once in 1980 this was, this was better than Star Wars in terms of the special effects um, the Savile Awakens. <laughs> yes, Savile Awakens. I don't want to hold Savile as a uh, like beacon of this episode. Exactly. <laughs> well, Camille's got two L's in it, and Savile's got two L's in it, so uh, uh, kind of works. I had real trouble spelling Camille uh, when, I, when I was writing. Um, so yeah, so um, uh, so Cat sees um, himself, and obviously that is the person he most wants to mate with, which again is, is quite weird. But then again, in 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 the in the opposite episode in Parallel Universe, he sees a dog, which um, yeah. well here he's gone from he had the the black and pink 
ensemble going on who's yep. added to this with a zebra print print jacket Classic which is cat. amazing he just oh god I want that outfit so badly you're basically dressed as a cat from now on aren't you Tom yeah yeah and, that, and that's fine with me yeah, I don't know how it's going to go down when I walk into work tomorrow dressed <laughs> as the cat from I Red Dwarf. But if anyone in. points out that I'm dressed like the cat from Red Dwarf, like the friend for life. Yeah, um, and you have to go in there and just be like, cool. I think you, can, you can pull it off if you're a pimp. Anything else? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a pimp now, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, I am. Oh, yeah, and also a, a human Thanks like for that. noticing. Get your pager out. <laughs> <laughs> but they might take you off some of those uh, bounds that you don't like, so it, it may... Uh, he, like, he likes all his bands. What are you talking about, Jared? Yeah, they're all, they're all my children. hundred percent true. Um, yeah, so um, obviously, so they're all well aware of the fact that you, um, you see what you like. And uh, Crichton's like, um, he's playing, playing the cool guy and he's wondering why um, she did this to them. And Camille says she didn't want to reveal her real form because uh, maybe the others could take it. But Crichton, he's never had these emotions before, so it would hurt Crichton the most. Um, but Crichton's like no it's fine it'll be fine and so Camille reveals her true self so I sorry I we've spoken uh, <laughs> on Twitter about how much we hate this episode yeah 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 I've I've, I've watched it twice now in preparation for, for this okay. and I've my revision is that I think I actually don't think it's too bad yeah Up, apart from the the what was it Tales of the Riverbank nonsense yeah. bit? It's it's really good. I think it's quite really okay. good. It's I quite good. It's it. quite good up until this point. Everything post the Gelf reveal. Really? I actually yeah, only about. There's still a way to go though. Yeah, I thought right yeah. about. I say the first two thirds of the episode I like. Yeah. Um, apart from the Tales of the Riverbank bit, and then the last third, once the Gelf, uh, the Pleasure Gelf bit is revealed, it's like I just. There's no, there's no real laugh, and I just don't think it's that. Yeah, that's so. It's the last third that I don't like. The first two thirds, I quite. What did you guys think of 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 how she looked? If um, see the cat sums it up very nicely. Yeah, it's interesting (laughs) because your cat does sum up. But in if if you brought this into modern times, that would kind of be like a catfish, um, because it's like. Meeting someone online and, and them showing you a picture yep. of how. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought an actual catfish. Yeah. 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 And then you meet them in real life <laughs> and then they're a green, big blob. Big bogey. Which I'm sure has happened to but everyone. Yeah, they're kind of like, it's it's a fair point, but it's a bit like making the point with a sledgehammer. You could probably do something a little bit more subtle. Yeah. I think it kind of like, the whole episode generally is probably the comedy is a bit downplayed and they've gone down the emotional cell. The best thing was like, we've got this idea about Casablanca. Let's just ramp up the kind of like the emotion side. The kind of and trying to be, be a bit too worthy about, look how clever we are. We can yeah. make an episode and that. Yeah. They've probably gone, well, we need to make it funny. And they go, but well, we've got that bit about Tales of the Riverbank. And yeah, again, this was Valentine's Day. So um, it, it must have been quite interesting for couples watching. As, as you do on Valentine's Day, you get together with, with your partner and you, Mr. Conrad Dwarf. Or, or your pleasure girl. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, right, okay, this is the question. If pleasure girls were real, w- would you go for that over a, a real person? Yes. Because you would get Michael Fassbender. Are you, am I single? And, and in this uh, alternative reality, you're single. Who would appear for you, Tom Stab, as your perfect... But you can't say Abby. I'm, I'm, I'm getting you out of that. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Who would be the most perfect that You person? can't drop a question like that. I'm, I'm going to have... Okay, uh, Nick, we'll go into yeah, you. If it helps, I have an answer. Yeah, yeah okay. Go, go on, Nick. <laughs> 
Scarlett Johansson for me. Oh, she's lovely. Scarlett Johansson from Lost in Translation yeah. era. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very good okay, choice. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have a think and come back at the end of the episode. Cause it's I'm not actually going to happen. You don't have to think that hard about it. What? No, but this is, no, this this is serious. You don't know. We're 2016. This is the future. I know, I know who yeah. yours would be. <laughs> who would I pick? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates in the 80s. Or, no, or Daisy, Daisy Ridley, Ridley yeah. right now, yeah. Um, <laughs> who'd be fine? Oh, that's Daisy Ridley. Oh, she's pretty, but... If they're a girl, could you, could you swap? Like, sometimes you'd have Phoebe Cates, sometimes. Yeah, because you could, you could change your mind. If you went, I'm not really into Daisy Ridley now, and then she would appear as another girl. Maybe. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, I might get to, to meet Phoebe. Um, I'm just going to go back and look at my Google searches for the last um, six months. Oh, hello. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> And see who it Safe would be. Safe search on. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't Jimmy Savile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all wondering what Jed's answer was going to be. Jimmy Savile with a medal. <laughs> <laughs> you've won, you've won. <laughs> <laughs> you get to sit on his knee and everything. It's perfect. Um... Right. Okay. So, where we, so yeah. So, so yeah. We'll come back to you, Tom. Yeah. My okay. guess at the moment. I need some proper Daisy, really. thought to go into I'm this. I guess uh, Jennifer Lawrence would be high up there too if we're going for a celebrity. Um, which Phoebe Cates? If you have to pick a film era, which one? Oh, she's really good in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, she's brilliant in in Drop Dead Fred. But I think Gremlins era, uh, Phoebe Cates is. Is she's quite there. young in the first one, Jed. <laughs> no, she's relatively old. She actually Jed will fix it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go a bit arrogant here. Um, Princess Caribou. Do you remember her in that? She was great in Princess Caribou. What? what? Yeah, Princess Caribou. I think it was 1990. That was May 1991. I'm a big Phoebe Cates fan. I think I, think I have mine. Who's okay. yours, Tom? It would be, I think it would be Rachel Riley. Who? Rachel Riley from, from Countdown. Countdown. Yeah. Very, oh my very god! Very oh, she's from choice. Rochford. I used to live in Rochford. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Rachel Riley. She is, yeah, she's definitely up there. In, <laughs> she'd be intellectually stimulating as she's well. She's basically Jeremy Paxman crushed <laughs> into the uh, body of a. She's a the full package, isn't she? She's the she. Rachel Riley is the full package. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think she's I could. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. Have a, we'd have a nice time having a lovely chat. <laughs> Doing some maths <laughs> about numbers. I love yeah. it. Two from the top and one from the bottom. <laughs> 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 Another Jimmy Gaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then. <laughs> oh, here's another question what would you get Jim, or Jim to fix it for you what, if you could write in now if it was going now what would you say what, what would you write in us what would you want oh, him to fix I for think, you basically I think I I think I uh, it's like, it can be anything anything but like in, anything. in the realms of reality so you can't be like to go to the moon or anything like that <laughs> oh, that's spoiled your own. Uh, I think mine would be to uh, maybe score the winner in the FA Cup final or World Cup final or you something like that. I think you're more likely to go to the, the moon. The <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably get you on the bench for the FA Cup final. Well, I'm not interested then. <laughs> <laughs> to be in Red Dwarf. I had, a, I had a, just to go on another tangent, on the second tangent, I once had a dream where I played the um, the Wimbledon final and then I had to leave slightly early uh, to, to play in the World Cup final as well. It was brilliant. Could happen. I'm double booked for finals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, I, mean, I can't do both. <laughs> but then when, when I woke up, it was like, hang on, they are roughly the same time. So this is, yeah, this is logistically yeah. possible. Yeah. I think mine would be roughly the same. It might not be cats, but to be sing, to be able to sing or perform on a West End stage. Uh, that's doable. You could, you I could, could do I that. I could totally do You'd that. You'd be good in my yeah, moves. Yeah. Oh, Phantom. Phantom oh, is the one. Yeah. yeah. Backed. What, what, what would you do? 
Uh, maybe to be in a, a film of uh, some kind. Maybe okay. A leading actor in a film. I mean, a leading actor. Wow. Okay. Yeah, in in, in, in um, <laughs> who would you play Nick opposite? What, Jed could make that happen. <laughs> Jed will yeah, fix yeah. it for you. Pandemic three. Pandemic three. I've heard stories and all this talk of Jimmy Savile has any kind of Jed production. I am doing Savile the movie. Oh, <laughs> you could car- You could be cast as Jimmy Savile. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's terrifying. Really <laughs> Talking about Birdemic, um, did you did you see on? Um, I did. Me and Alan are, are writing the Birdemic book. What? Yeah. Um, Tell me more. Yeah, um, it's going to be called uh, Hanging Out. Not financially, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's going to be basically uh, written by me and um, Alan Bach from um, from Birdemic, and it's going to be called. Yeah, that's his surname, um, and uh, it's going to be called Hanging Out: um, How I Survived the Birdemic. And we've been right. back and forth with. Um, I've, I've basically because my, he's he's a, an actor and he's uh, so he, so he's sent me. He's a very good actor. Hi, Alan. Yeah, and I've sent him bits and I've given him the structure of what he has to do, and I'm basically like beef it up and make it into a proper book. Um, but the stuff we've got so far is very very funny, very very interesting. It's really really good stories. And we're only concentrating on the first birdemic. Um, so because obviously The Room's popular and uh, James Franco is making a film out of, of um, the making of The Room oh really based on the that. book yeah. uh, okay. The Disaster yeah. Artist okay so we're jumping on the back of that and we're make, doing a book about the making of Bird make, and hopefully who knows I'm excited yeah I want um, this book very very interesting email. I mean the emails back and forth between me and Alan should be a movie well, the in s- itself well the stories I've heard about the making of oh, they're, they're amazing the casting couch stories between oh. the director and the um, actresses oh the male order brides insane oh man there's so many stories interested yeah uh, the, the, might have to cut out this out from the podcast who knows um so where were we? <laughs> so yeah, so so listen. So Tom's just staring at a picture of Rachel Ryan right now. <laughs> I'm Rachel Ryan. No, I'm not Abby. <laughs> is class. So she's gone. Tom's staring at a picture of his Abby or Rachel Riley. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so Crichton is uh, says, oh, um, well, he sees the true form of of Camille, and, and Camille is uh, this big green fat blob, and uh, he's like, no, it's fine. You look you look very nice. You look very sweet, and she's so. Oh, I don't believe you and he's like I can't lie I'm programmed not to lie so she's like cool this sounds good and he's like but how about me and you uh, go on a date has Crichton's programming not been broken so yeah, he she could she doesn't know that does she but he could so he so throwing it out there and he, he could, is he lying properly? could he yeah, is he lying it, has it been broken but this thing we, we don't know yet this is the whole thing because he lied earlier but do we know we don't know at this point. we don't know for certain if he's right. lied this, this is the whole conceit so we, I mean, obviously you're thinking, is that telling the truth or is he just a nice guy? So he invites her to um, a date. And when you're on Red Dwarf, there's only so many places you can go. And they go to uh, the best date venue on Red Dwarf, which is Parrot's Bar. Definitely. <laughs> and if you notice, it's, it's quite a very small room. It's like a broom cupboard. And uh, you can tell it's called Parrot's Bar because there's inflatable parrots everywhere. Like pound shop parrots. Um, and uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, just in case you didn't understand that it was Parrots Bar, there's a menu carefully placed at the bottom of the screen at an angle that just reads Parrots <laughs> on it. So you know that they're on the date. Just, just, just in going, case. They said they were going to go on a date know. to Parrots Bar, but um, where, where are they? But yeah, so um, they have a date, and she sucks soup with a tentacle. I've been on dates like that, it's fine. She sucks soup with a tentacle. Christian. Go for Christian. it. So, they're the only ones on Red Dwarf. Yeah. Who's cooking and serving the dinner? 
He's quite a cookie well, serving everything I, himself. I, I, Fish. Sc- yeah, it could be. Or scutters. Yeah. Yeah. Scutters could do it as well. We don't see any scutters, which is a shame because scutters are my favourite thing about Red Dwarf. Um, but yeah, uh, we don't see uh, who makes it, but I assume it's someone else besides them because they're on a date. And uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they, they say a toast to their love and they seem to be really into each other. Um, but they uh, also um, go on, on, on other venues for their date. They go and they go to the cinema. And what do they watch in the cinema? They watch Casablanca. The drum, the theme home, even Just in more. case, it Just wasn't subtle didn't enough. understand, this was following the plot of Casablanca. Um, not exactly, because, thank you very much, um, Tom's handed me a beer, which is always good. Um, yeah, so they go to uh, the cinema. And I love that cinema. And I don't know if this is the last time the cinema is shown in Red Dwarf, but I hope not, because having a cinema on board is great. Tom, you went out to uh, open up cans on the podcast. I'm not going to get like uh, iTunes taking me down because... Uh, I'm I'm currently um, texting Nick and pre- he just got home. I forgot I, I was out and I, yeah, I'm actually see. pretending I'm in the flat and I'm hiding and he's going to have to <laughs> find me. <laughs> I wonder how long I can keep this up for. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. I've been in the <laughs> fridge for three hours, Nick. Help. So yes, they have a nice date at the cinema. Uh, Crichton with his big flat fat green blob monster um and uh yeah the date seems to be going real actually just before this it was probably my the, the funniest joke in this episode for me and I, and I laughed so much and i don't know why and the audience seemed to have missed it because it was just kind of like an uh, under the breath comment and you guys probably missed it as well but when uh quite said they were going to go on a date <laughs> she said <laughs> she said <laughs> she said flats or heels <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, that's kind of funny, but I found it what? hilarious. Why no, is that I didn't funny? Find that funny Flats either. or heels? Because she was but a big blob. Another thing that oh. that <laughs> I found really funny, <laughs> maybe not at the time, but certainly watching it back, was the fact that Crichton was in a giant tuxedo because he's. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like uh, David Byrne in. In the the Stop Making Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, in the giant suit. uh, In the the new series, me and Daniel have been to see uh, being filmed. Crichton's costume is massive. Quite. quite Is that not because he is. I don't know. I don't know. I think they've got a bit older now. His face looks great, but his body's wrong. And I, I went to see a second episode being filmed as well without Daniel. And uh, it's don't you know, do you know about this? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I often do like do not stuff happy without about it. Clearly, <laughs> and I was very happy about it. <laughs> um, it. It dragged on um, really, really late. So you, you would have been really uh, upset. We, I, I think the one we went to, I got back about midnight. It's yeah. Way past this, my bedtime. This one finished at like eleven or something, so it would have been a lot later. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, um, so they're in uh, in uh, Parrot's Bar, go to Parrot's Bar, and then they go to the cinema. But then, yeah, they get, uh, Holly interrupts them. And actually, Holly uh, states something that was also kind of missed from this, that people don't notice. She says she doesn't see um, anything when she looks at Camille because she possibly doesn't have any of her own, um, uh, what's the word? She, she, she's not attracted to anyone. She doesn't have her own kind of emotions or like feelings, or uh, which is kind of weird because you would have thought, her with Norman Lovett would have um, shown I would that imagine she that would have been so good if, if, Nor- if Norman, Norman Lovett had, up, yeah. if Norman Lovett had turned up that would have been so good he was he was deep into I Love It by that point yeah he was <laughs> so uh, <laughs> big, fans, great series. big fans of I Love It here. big fans of I Love It great show not, not all of us yeah yeah you think as a sitcom as a talking dog 
best talking dog into, into any TV show. If Mad Men, which I'm, I'm currently watching, I'm very late to the game, if they had a talking dog in that, amazing. Yeah, and even real life, if Making a Murderer had a talking dog in it, that would that, be... So Nothing would make Making fair, a Murderer better. A to be fair, dog, a talking dog would. Brendan Massey <laughs> is basically oh, a talking Brendan. dog. Oh, oh poor, poor Brendan. Brendan. He's an idiot. Like, he's an absolute It's idiot. not his fault. No, it's not his fault. I, I mean... Did you know, like, because I watched Making a Murderer with my, my friend and her family, and her family's actually... Um, her dad is actually a lawyer in Chicago, and he was okay. telling me that in Wisconsin, the the um, sort of IQ level of being mentally sort of disabled is yeah. so much lower than any other state in the... The United States, because of the in where sorry in, in Wisconsin, really okay. yeah, the IQ level is lower for men being mentally disabled than anywhere else. So oh. he's that's why he's not classed as mentally disabled. If he was any other right. county, oh, he would be classed as mentally disabled and mentally unfit to stand trial. But in Wisconsin, it's lower. He's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But do you know what I'm going to do? And I've planned to do this with someone else on on Twitter. Um, we are going to uh, get Brendan Massey WrestleMania for his prison. We're going to call out the prison or write an email to them he and say, so upset. Oh, we bless will pay him. For we will bless pay him. for WrestleMania for, for Brendan Massey. I'll chip in. Also, yeah. he's in prison, so... Yeah, but they are allowed to watch watch stuff every now and again. Oh, what you mean? Sorry, get the pay per view for not take him to WrestleMania. Get, right, no, no, right, no, right, get right. the pay per view. Right, 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 right. Uh, but like, Surely it's, he it's not get as easy that. as it's not as can easy it? as getting like a thirty pound part because it's in a prison and it's been shown to multiple people. Right, you need a special kind of thing and it costs quite a lot. But um, uh, yeah. I think that's or the Brent. least I could do. I mean, I, I could set up like an Indiegogo or something like that, and I'm sure it will get to like a million quid in like a week or something because it's Brendan Massey. But um, I think it's the least people could do because he's stuck in there for for God knows how long. If you haven't watched like Making a Murder, by the way, get on the case because it's one of the best. The sec- one of the top three TV shows from last year, next to Unreal. And what the Jinx? Yeah. Don't forget. Well, yeah. I, I think the Jinx is slightly better. No, it's not. I do. Yeah. I really love the no, Jinx. I can't. I love making a murder, but for me, the jinx, you know. The jinx is kind of unbelievable because of. It's so outrageous because of how he gets away with what he's done. And and the big revelation at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was. Kind of some of it seemed really staged. I don't know some of it it was staged because they came out and said it. Mm. Um, But if you like to make a murder, watch the jinx. They were trying to. Trying to to tell a story, or no, uh, story. There was st- it was staged in the fact that they were trying to get him to confess. Yeah, yeah, but they messed around with like the when things happened and like uh, they put it out of order just so it was a coherent story. Um, some things happened. I think the same criticisms are about uh, making a murder. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, been yeah. a lot of about things. Out. Yeah, loads of stuff was left out. Yeah, have yeah. you seen Western Memphis as well? I have. Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. I want to. Yeah, Although it's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, is it not? Wow. Well, um, another thing so similar to that is um, the Thin Blue Line. Have you seen that? What it's the comedy the with <laughs> Rowan Atkinson? <laughs> I love that. Let's no. do a podcast about yes. that. <laughs> yes, Tom. Yes. Okay, we'll do it. I love what's, that. What's the theme song again? Uh-huh. Oh, what's the theme song? It's something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. The, <laughs> it was so good. I loved it. It's an underrated classic, I'd say. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anything of that is great. But The Thin Blue Line was a documentary very, very, very similar to Making a Murderer. And it's it's like two hours long and it's it's almost identical in the way it was like filmed and, and kind of done. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. It's, I mean, that came out in like the late 80s. So it's some these place corruption has been going on since since day one, really. I've lost my HBO Go subscription. So Did you have one? Yeah, I had one. Oh, wow. 
else. I've yeah. lost it, so I so don't get to another way you could get um, HBO TV shows, like anywhere on the internet. I can't. Oh, well, I'm we'll not clever enough. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorting out Daniela with it with a. Uh, a, a very legal way of watching TV. Of, yeah. <laughs> Holly interrupts them and says that a visitor has appeared in the hangar. Is this where you get the nice additional detail that you see Crichton's arm around... Uh, I noticed that, but did you see Camille was trying to do it with her tentacle at one point? Was well? this? I didn't, didn't see this. Bizarre. I didn't see that no, either. Yeah. There's a bit of kind of the, the kind of yawn thing was going on, which... Hello. <laughs> For those at home, Jed just did... Did, 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 did the yawn trick to Daniela. Daniela. Yeah. Um, Didn't know what's going on. <laughs> Ghost uh, of Jimmy oh, Savile. I'm going to go and watch that back just for that small little detail. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Because I think he does it first and then she tries to do it with a tentacle, but then they're interrupted <laughs> with uh, Holly. And uh, Holly tells them that uh, someone's appeared and it's Camille's husband. Um, so Camille... Androgynous. Husband. Yeah, they, they, the gun here. no, no, it's true. Yeah, they, they don't really class themselves as, as male or female, and Camille has to essentially choose if she stays or if she leaves. And she says she wants to tell her husband uh, that uh, that she's going to stay with Crichton. Um, so, and what are their days like? Their evenings at home, like Mister and Mrs. Pleasure Girl, like how was your d- how was everywhere. how was your day at work, dear? Oh, I, you know, yeah, was you like I, was Michael, I was Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, I was I Michael Fassbender. I had to deal with Daniela for a few hours. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and a few hours, blimey. Then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, in the evening, I was uh, Rachel Riley for a bit. And, yeah. Uh, oh, God, it was tiring. <laughs> so tiring. <laughs> so so tiring. Had me, like, picking numbers and stuff. And, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, um, her husband turns up. And uh, they're in the in a kind of a again they're trying to hammer home the kind of whole Casablanca thing, so it was a smoky corridor and uh, Crichton gives Camille her bag. Uh, sorry, gives Camille's bag to Lister, um, and tells Lister to give it to her husband and put it on on the ship. And she asks why why my bag? And Crichton says because uh, you should go for the sake of Hector. Um, um, you're part of your husband's work and and you're his life, and she would regret staying. And uh, yeah, it's basically lots of Casablanca quoting from here on in. And not in a subtle way either. Not a very yeah. obvious, just quoting direct music, lines. Yeah. yeah. And Hector appears, Hector the husband appears, and uh, he takes her away and she tells Crichton goodbye. And Lister says, uh, You were lying because obviously he wanted rid- uh, Crichton wanted rid of this kind of blob, uh, but he did it in a very nice and noble way. Um, and obviously he wanted to help. Hector, because eventually uh, Hector was trying to find a, a cure for their whole pleasure girl existence and maybe live a, a, a proper existence without having to be Michael Fassbender for for three and a half hours. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Lister Poor, tired Michael Fassbender. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anatomically correct uh, Michael Fassbender. And Lister, uh, yes, yeah, so Crichton says uh, he blames Lister for making him able to lie and cheat. And uh, Lister has the final word, which is, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Which I think is Aww. kind of like lazy writing, because the last it. 10 minutes of this, it's just yeah. Casablanca quotes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I liked it. I was it the romantic in me. They're already good friends. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, Lister and Crichton already have a pretty good relationship at this point. And yeah. it's not like any new ground has been you're broken. You're right, you're 100% right, yeah. They don't, didn't need this kind of, like... Ev- uh, evolving part of their relationship yeah. and maybe I don't know maybe Rimmel was the character to see be changed by kind of this um, it should have been yeah it should have been Rimmel though this does that exact thing happens in episode one of series five Hollowship where this, this almost very, well parts of this scenario plays out for Rimmer where yeah. he has to choose uh, 
certain things, be noble or be a smegger like he usually is. But we'll come on to that when we get to that episode. So overall, what did you think? We'll start with Tom's dad because I know he was uh, vitriolic about it. About, maybe about three or four months ago, I remember you saying to me, just watch Camille. It's absolute smeg. <laughs> well, actually, no, I, I've kind of revised my opinion in that up until the reveal that there's a the life form a is a is a is a pleasure blob. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's actually quite good. There's some really funny sort of, especially the um, the the scene and the interaction between Lister and Crichton at the beginning of the episode, where Lister is trying to break Crichton's programming, yeah. and then great scene. it's really great and great there's scene. a lot of really funny stuff in here i was laughing like i watched it again last night just for revision and laughed a lot more than i remembered laughing yeah. but uh, yeah like i said everything up past the reveal is kind yeah. of i just it's, it's, isn't scene, very funny and very interesting not only is it great and funny it's very important to the kind of um in, in the whole trajectory of red dwarf because every time Crichton does break his program and it all comes back to this episode and the previous episode where um where Lister's trying to, to get him to... And also the small off-duty Czechoslovakian traffic warden line, which I <laughs> always remember from being a yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. And always made me laugh, and yeah. was always something that I really, really remembered. Yeah. Um, I would... I If someone asked me five years ago what episode, or, or seven, eight months ago, what episode was that yeah. that was in, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I would think it was series three. But I like, would be yeah. able to pick it out as a really remember. Uh, memorable scene. Yeah, I was surprised and it was in Camille. I was surprised so, yeah. in this episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I remember watching it for the first time. You know, again, sort of maybe as I've been going back through the episodes. Obviously, when I was first on the uh, on the podcast, I went. I just carried on going. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that scene is in this episode, yeah. and I don't like this episode. It's almost wasted on this episode because yeah, <laughs> I think this writing uh, kind of varies between really, really good writing and some of the worst writing I've seen in Red Dwarf. Lazy. Just quoting other films, and um, and yeah, that Tales of the Riverbank thing is dire. Nick, what do you think? What do you think? Of just overall, this episode. I kind of agree with what's been said. It's definitely not the funniest, but it has got heart and it has got soul. And I think what's important about the episode is it's important to understand these characters even more, and you kind of get to see. It sounds like you're trying to market something for Universal here. <laughs> yeah, the box sets of Edward Money. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like you're kind of getting into crying because he is sort of wrestling with this. He wants to be human. He wants to experience the emotions and feelings of a human. But I think he wants to relate to Lister, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he's he's bound by this program. So this is interesting. Like, who in the in the whole scheme of Red Dwarf, who do you think has the biggest journey? Character-wise, because you could say it was Crichton. Because yeah, I don't, th- I don't think you can answer that question now. I think you have to go wait till the end. You have to wait yeah, till the end until you've analysed all the episodes and gone. But I think one of the strengths of the writing throughout generally is maybe parking the cat. I think you do. They all go on these journeys. Yeah, and they all experience these emotions and feelings and yeah. kind of dignity yeah, so characters. In, in this episode, Cat is, is very much a punchline in this yeah. in this episode, but in other episodes he has given more of a chance to yeah. develop. Well, they've actually, I think they've dealt with that in the, in the new series. They've, um, they've, there's one episode, which one of the ones I didn't go to, um, where they develop his character more than they have before previously. Um, more of an origin or? Like well, uh, it's only kind of what I've read because I didn't go there, but, um, the fact is, like, he's always, like, full of himself and, like, smooth. But he's actually a virgin, isn't he? Of course, yeah. So this is dealt with in this upcoming episode. His ideal partner is himself. himself. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets it. That's dealt with in, in, in an upcoming episode for 
Red Wolf 11, which I'm quite excited about, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Daniela, what do you think? What I really liked it. <sighs> I really, really enjoyed it. it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was funny and I liked the sort of romantic side of it. Yeah, I mean, I like I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Have you have you seen Casablanca? Yes. Okay, so I've never seen Casablanca. So oh, okay. Do you think I would like this episode more if I possibly? If I'd yeah, I think I so. Think so yeah. yeah. Okay. That's I mean, fair. Casablanca. It's one of those films because it's black and white. You might think, oh, I can't be bothered with that, but it's is. The themes are very current still. I went to the secret cinema of Casablanca. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just one of those ones that you just never get round to. Watching. Oh, it's yeah. great! But you can find if if you watch it, there's so many things in there that have been copied by other films, but you probably didn't realise because you hadn't seen the original. Yeah. You think, oh my god, that happened! In like the every film. time I watch a, a film where I go, oh, Simpsons did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. pretty much. Like, oh, and Simpsons did loads of stuff from Casablanca as well. Um, but it's great. I mean, in the last 15, 20 minutes, Casablanca is up there with like some of the best stuff. Well, well, they it's kind of they did it. In, they did I don't it. Know in why I think Wolf. I may have seen the last fifteen minutes of Casablanca. Or people I mean, have maybe told me what happens in the last fifteen yeah. minutes. You should you should watch it. It yeah. should be like your homework for this weekend. Yeah, maybe I would appreciate this episode more. Yeah. Woody Allen And even if you don't, it's a great film. It okay. is, yeah. Woody Allen did a film called Play It Again Sam, which is just similar to this Red Dwarf episode, which is just him kind of discussing Casablanca and playing on the same themes as, as Casablanca and quoting stuff word for word and But as we know from the last episode I'm not a I'm not either. Okay. You guys are crazy. Uh, specifically, Annie Hall. I'm not a huge fan either. I should probably add that in there. Yeah. Yes, welcome to the club. It's just you, Jed. What's wrong? With you? Well, just me and every like like film <laughs> critic there is. I bet, Nick, I bet does Nick like Annie Hall? I don't know about Annie Hall, but I, uh, he does like Woody Allen. Yeah. Because he, he likes he likes his films. He knows his uh, cinema. Not in Paris is good. Yeah, I mean, like in Paris, yeah, it's good. Yeah, quite good. I didn't like his uh, his other one where it was like uh, uh, the one after that where he went to a different country. Vicky Christina. No, Vicky Christina Barcelona yeah. was great. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that's a that's a great film. Hmm. <laughs> I can't um, remember what the one. Oh, he, he keeps going to different so. European countries and making. Oh, the one in uh, Italy. Oh yeah, the Rome. Was it Rome? I liked. Um, I didn't watch the end of it, but I liked that two of the main characters came. Um, they got. Have you seen the film? Yeah. So the two main characters that have just married and they come off the train. Yeah. They've arrived from Pordenone, which is my mum's hometown. So I oh, like wow. that fact. Oh, cool. Like that got me excited about the yeah. film just for that but reason. I mean, most of his films are like really similar, aren't they? But um, I think like he is one of the most prolific directors there there is, and. Doesn't what? necessarily mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every other film he makes is, yeah. is brilliant. I, I think. Um, and um, if you direct to the amount of films that he's done, a fifty percent hit record is. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, his, his reputation was damaged quite a lot by like Mia Farrow and all that. Yeah, that's a psychopath. Well, absolute psychopath, that woman. Allegedly, I don't know. Oh, Should we say allegedly? No, allegedly. I'm ale- just going to yeah, go allegedly. Yeah, uh, that's what puts me off his private life. No, no. But if if you if you read about uh, Mia Farrow, she's a mental case, and she is such a home wrecker. She just goes from guy to guy wrecking homes. A bit like Kachansky. Yeah, but speaking of Kachansky, so Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, but even leaving Mia Farrow out of it, he he married his adopted daughter. No, but that's that's not true. It was it, Mia Farrow's true. adopted daughter, and he wasn't with Mia Farrow at the time. Um, so he, is this, he, he wasn't his adopted daughter. It's getting slightly yeah, It was Mia Farrow's. And don't forget, James Seville is also a pastor <laughs> in the railway industry. Um, anyway. But yeah, so now we go. So that's, that's what we thought. I, I really, really liked it in, in hindsight. 
the chart up. It's much better. No, not the chart. Uh, let's see how the uh, the uh, people on the Red Dwarf Thorum thought of uh, this episode. Um, and they are usually very, very vocal about this. So about, uh, let's see, I asked them to tell me what do they think of uh, Series 4, Episode 1, Camille. So we've got Slain Monkey. He says... Um, if Frank in series four, Camille would land straight in the middle for me. While Casablanca references our old hat in, uh, in the episode, it's all almost justified in tying up with Crichton's character development, and is where this episode excelled for me. In fact, in a way, I feel this episode complements the series three finale last day. Obs, um, those two show Crichton uh, growing as a character more than any other. While not my favourite episode, I do think it had a place. I certainly think I respect this episode more than most people do. Pembers, Arsenal fan Pembers said, I think it's a decent episode. Perhaps the plot a little bit silly, but there are some very funny moments, which is the most important thing. Probably right. The opening scene with Lister teaching Crichton to lie. Uh, Rumor saying he's gone stark craving mad. He keeps waving a banana in front of me and calling it a female aardvark, or words to that effect. And Crichton's puzzlement at Rimmer finding Camille attractive, culminating in, Do you f- think I'm attractive? Makes me laugh out loud. Thanks, Pembers. Stephen Simpson, uh, Man United fan. Camille is a very good episode, and it starts with one of my favourite opening scenes from any series in which Lister is trying to teach Crichton how to... Okay, we get everyone loves the opening scene, Crichton being taught how to lie. Yes, it's not the best episode in Red Dwarf, but it's definitely not the worst. I put this episode above everything from series eight and back to earth. Uh, This episode also features real-life partners of two of the actors involved, which we discussed uh, Sarah uh, says, think I must be on my own in really not liking this episode. I can't quite put my finger on why uh, it just annoys me. I think maybe it's because Cassandra's not the right actor for the part, in my opinion. Do you mean Camille? I think she means Camille's not... Uh, maybe the person who played the mechanoid, um, I'm guessing, is not the right character. Oh, that's interesting. I thought she was the best out of all of them. Uh, Paddy says, I like Camille. It's an okay episode. Certainly not the worst. There are a few in seven and quite a few in eight I would class as worst episodes, not to mention all of nine and some of ten. Uh, Maiden Taiwan says, I like Camille a lot. I enjoy the Silly Casablanca parody. Uh, Simon says, overall, I like Camille too. Really some great moments in it. Others already said that Cat meeting his ideal partner and the opening scene list to trying to teach crying to lie is good. Uh, Casablanca references, uh, also great. And I will agree that Camille, for me, is good but not a great episode do a few more people went to the effort of writing it so uh dj mcbell said i should really watch camille again at some point i don't think it's a bad episode far from it some humor that i remember isn't this the one where Crichton learns insults yes it is um and let's see phoebe australian phoebe says it's a good Crichton episode and i especially love the interaction between Crichton and rimmer um, when they were in Starbucks, yeah, that's great, great scene. And T says a good episode up to the line, heartbreaker. Then I lose interest. The blob is pretty naff effect too. Yes, it was. Apparently, it was just a a guy on a chair uh, uh, with a a green sheet over him. You got it there, Tom? Uh, keys. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, you're reading out comments. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a few more. As you, uh, Tom is off uh, to do a number two. <laughs> Joking, I don't know. <laughs> Could be another one. Um, and uh, Kevin PK finally says, I like this episode. I always wonder who I would see as my idol woman when watching Camille. The one thing I don't get about this episode is how comes Lister doesn't see Kachansky, or at least someone looking like her, when he looks at Camille? Seeing how obsessed he is with her, I would expect her to be his perfect woman. And yeah, I guess we could all agree with that. 
So, um, yeah, thank you very much for contributing. If you want to contribute um, to uh, the comments um, in the forum part of this episode, go to reddwolf.co.uk, sign up to the forums if you haven't already. And in the Red Wolf on TV section, go to somewhere I've posted about uh, random thoughts about Series 4. Um, and, yeah, and you will most likely be read out on the podcast. Can I just give a big shout out to everyone on Reddit who uh, uh, listens to this uh, podcast too. Thanks very much. And yeah, shout out to everyone on the Red Wolf forum all around the world and everyone who's followed us on Twitter as well. That's great. We've still got a few more parts of this podcast, obviously. Um, We've got the quiz next, but Tom's uh, doing a number two. So uh, I guess we'll Mm, wait for you. Yeah, it's not appropriate. Do you think it'd be 90 minutes he would take? I don't know. It's quite cold in there, so it might take him a while to... uh, to to achieve a <laughs> <laughs> touchdown, um, so yeah, we'll just wait. We'll just wait for him, I guess. You okay. That last time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we've come to uh, uh, the exciting part of the podcast. Not that the rest wasn't exciting, but this is even more exciting. Um, it's the quiz section, which uh, uh, Tom Stab is fully aware of uh, because he did it with. Uh, Tom Duck last time. The issue is, is that we're on the. Uh, I'm on the opposite side now. I'm not asking the questions. It's I'm you're answering, answering the them, questions. Which is an extra level. Exactly. But as before, if you get an answer right, you get a. Then the other presses the bell. If you get an answer wrong, you get the smoke machine in your face. Mostly in Nick's face, though. So like. <laughs> And this time I've made it toxic as well, so there is um, plenty to play Fear for. Fear of death. Um, yeah, so and just, just to let you know, there definitely is a smoke machine, and you can all, all can vouch for the fact I had to have a smoke machine pointed at the faces. Well, I don't have today. I don't have a Red Dwarf t-shirt on because I completely forgot. I'm so... Um, and Daniela's not dressed as Rimmer. I'm no. not, I'm not. So we have done it. I've, I've got a... Um, I haven't got the sex shirt on. This on podcast is substandard. <laughs> <laughs> It's our first day back. Yeah, school yeah, holiday. Yeah. First day back day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'll play a nice uh, quiz uh, musical bed underneath this. And, uh, yeah, so you've got options for this quiz. It's going to be all be about this episode. They're not re- re- relatively hard, but there's easy questions. There's five easy questions and five hard questions. If you, get an easy, if you pick an easy question and you get it right, you get one point. If you pick a hard question and get it right, you get two points. You don't get any points if you get it wrong. Daniel, can you, can you keep score? I'll try. As well, okay. So, um, as you're the, the new guest, Nick, uh, we'll start with you. Do you want to go easy or hard? Uh, I think I'm going to go easy or hard. Ooh. Nick's going for hard, Ooh. straight away. Go he, big or go home. Setting it. Yeah, wow. The Nick the motto. Okay, so hard. <laughs> Always go home. <laughs> <laughs> He's hamming it up. So, hard. Uh, so, what's the name of Camille's husband? How long have I got? The next ten seconds. No. <laughs> does it get does it get passed over? Yes, it does get passed over. Can you can you guess? And you can't look at your notes. Uh, oh god. And this is Rachel O'Reilly would be going. Passing over to Tom Stab. Hector. Hector, yeah. So this basically this is uh, Nick versus Tom here. So Tom So Tom's got two, two. points because that was a hard one. Okay, Tom, your question. Well, easy or hard? Well, easy, obviously. Okay. <laughs> You'll get this easy. What type of gelf was Camille? A pleasure gelf. C- 
correct. Okay. Tom's got three points. <laughs> Nick's got zero points. Hard question. Well, though, you, you asked for hard. <laughs> you asked for hard. Steps are great. Do you want to go easy or hard? Uh, only hard. Cause I need to. I need to <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good, 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 good luck. <laughs> good, good luck. With this good one. luck. But well, this is something that was in the episode. So question two: What's the name of Camille's ship? <laughs> this is difficult. <laughs> it's a very difficult one. And in fact, I'm not sure if they mentioned it. It might have just been, you well, could see it. Information. New information. You could, they just showed it and he saw the name on screen. Oh, I think we have to pass on that as well. Yeah, I Sorry, don't. You, you need two lots of uh, smoke in your face here. <laughs> I don't know either, I'm afraid. Okay, Sorry. so the answer was SS Penhaligon. So still oh, zero no, points no, from Nick. Uh, uh, Tom, your question. Easy or hard? I will take easy, please. Easy. I can see what you're doing here. You're, th- you're taking a long way around. <laughs> Um, so okay, who did Rimmer say Camille looked like? When the, oh, the uh, uh, something dropped out the nose of the Sphinx. Incorrect. Cor- incorrect. I'll pass it over to you, Nick. Can you remember? Crucially, can I get a repeat of the question? Sure, you can. Who did Rimmer say Camille looked like? Oh, Rimmer didn't say that, did he? Janine. Correct. Wow. Woo! Actually, surprised you got that. That was, that was quite hard. So yeah, uh, his sister in law, Janine. <laughs> Course, um, it was bloody cat who yeah. said that. Yeah. So, with Nick, point to Nick. Right. so uh, Nick, your question easy or hard? You could, you could pull it back if you get a hard one right. Okay. Oh, isn't they going to sway him to, to like fail? Interesting. No, I'm going to go easy. I'm gonna go easy. Okay, cool. Uh, what was the name of the bar Camille and Chrysan had a date in? Parrots. Correct. <laughs> Uh, there's only two easy questions left, and there is three hard ones left. Easy or hard, Tom? Sorry, there's two two easy questions left, and there's three hard ones left. Well, I'm definitely going to go easy. Okay. What does GELF stand for? Genetically engineered life form. Correct. What's the points total at the moment? Uh, Nick has two, and Tom has four. Oh. To be fair, I had a loose grasp of the rules. <laughs> so, uh, what didn't you understand? I we were going to go through all of them, otherwise you'd start easy and then work up to hard. Well, well picking hard, kind of like... It, like <laughs> I'm ready for which one I'm going to pick easy or hard, I'm ready for that question. So, there's only one easy one left, so uh, the final easy, or do you want to go hard? I'm going to go for the final easy. Okay. What country's navy did Chrysan lie about when addressing an apple? It wasn't Czechoslovakia. But he said a particular country's navy was in manoeuvres in the South Pacific. I, rem- remember? I remember. I think I said it twice in the podcast just so you, it would drain <laughs> you. It's just a really hammer home, mate. <laughs> Five seconds. It's a lot of crystal maze. Three, two, one. No. Oh. You get a face full of smoke. Passed Tom? over. Is it Bolivian? Correct! Oh, what's the score again? It's two to Nick and five to Tom. Five to Tom. Okay, so we've only got hard ones left, so... Uh, I can still pull it back, though. You can, yeah. Tom, it's your question. Um, this is hard. What's the name of the actress who played Camille? Oh, behave. Uh, <laughs> um, the the, the, the uh, original Camille, the one who married uh, Robert Llewellyn. I have no idea. Straight away pass. Even though Nick's getting most of the smoke in the face. Yeah. Uh, Nick, do you know by any chance? Uh, My office is really full of smoke now. I'm worried the alarm will go off, but it, it'll be fine. 
be fine. It's all right. It does. I've done it before. <laughs> Smoke everywhere. In our okay. lungs. I didn't In our know. Okay, don't. The answer was Judy Pascoe. Okay, so there's, there's uh, only two hard ones left. So, um, Nikki, you can still pull it back. but uh, have to get this right. So, whose question is, is it? Correct? Nick's question. Yeah, yeah. Nick, uh, so it's a hard question. Uh, what was the name of the last character Crichton lied to? So, besides this episode, he lied to a previous... The only other so time hard. He lied to a character. Okay, so I can remember on Wikipedia, which... You can't see at the moment. The yeah. No. They reference this on the notes, and I'm confident right. that they just... This is verbatim what it says okay. on Wikipedia, that he he previously lied to a mechanoid. And I'm just going to turn that over now. No, no, no. That's, 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 that's not going to give me new... That's not going to give me new information. I'm, I'm giving you it. I'm giving you it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. It's the, it's the mechanoid that came to replace okay. him. Yeah, you get Hudson that. Hudson 10. Yes. That's two points. What's, what's the score table now? So, Nick has four and Tom has five. This is as close as you because it's down to the very last question. Neck and neck. So whoever gets it right It's the question wins. to me. Yeah. If I don't answer and it passes over to you and you answer it correct. I can win. Yeah. You can win. You can win. That's Though, to be honest, I reckon Tom's got this in the bag because okay. this question's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this was, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, the, the woman that played, the actress that played the uh, female hologram is called Francesca Forlund. I'm giving you that um, who will be completely dissed in this entire episode but after Red Dwarf she appeared in two quite famous British TV shows <laughs> just name one of them so which sorry which actress so the two, one sorry? who played the hologram version of Camille right she appeared in two British TV shows of the early 90s right um, and if you think about how she is in there she's quite prim and proper mm-hmm. so that might give you a clue because this is you're not going to remember getting a clue for my hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is, but you've got the clue. So if I'm going to get fair, it wrong, you've got the clue. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, you're answering first. Tom's yeah, not going to get this. Okay. Trust me, okay. he's not going to get this. Okay, so prim and proper. Yeah. Is that a ge- is that a genuine genuine clue? clue? Genuine clue. So I could just go like. Could sing the uh, title music for one of them. I knew the music for title music for one of them. Which one? So the first one. one. (laughs) Okay. My mum used to watch it. I am gonna go. So do I go mainstream or do I try and be clever? You just need one out of the two. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm gonna go with prim and proper. Yeah. Um, She could have been a judge. So I'm gonna go with the bill. Wrong. Oh no. Smoking your face. Oh no. Oh no. I, I will say at this stage, I was thinking the bill. The bill. Okay. Okay. Oh. okay. I'm passing it over to you. I want to give you a little bit of an extra clue here, but it's not going to. It's not going to help you that much. I'm going to sing the theme tune. Um, yeah, Daniela is now no, going to no, no, sing. No, 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 no singing the theme tune. Not that. You're not going to get it. Daniela is going to sing the theme song for one of them. Okay. You will not get this. Da 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 da. It's not men behaving badly. It's not the bill, it's definitely the bill. I was in an episode of the bill. Really, when I was in, in school. Okay, quick, can I ask a question? Whoa, 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 whoa. I was not allowed to ask it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What? what? Is it no, only because you I, didn't ask if you wanted to ask a question. I'm not going to get this. Fine, all right. Okay. Go for it. So is it uh, a, a kind of a, a long-running soap? 
or is it more? Wait, this, these questions are not allowed. It's surely both of them are. I think they had at least like three or four season series each. And they're both not set in this time period. They're both period pieces. But again, that completely. <laughs> I promise you, Tom, he's not going to get it. It's the bill with that information. I promise you, he's not going to get it. A genre, maybe? Is it? Is it drama? No, stop trying to get more information. Period drama. Basically. No more questions you're not allowed. Get no it. more. Okay, okay. No, 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 no more clues. Zip it. You're not going to get it. You've got 20 seconds. It's Norse. That's not a period Wrong. drama. I don't know. She was in The House of Elliot. That was what I was singing. My mum loved yeah. The House Yeah, of yeah, I did as well. Yep. Yeah. And the other one was Jeeves and Worcester. Uh, I watched the stage play of that last year. It was very, very good. Was it yeah. good? Yeah, it was good. Can't I enjoyed it. Oh, it I heard it, was it wasn't very good. I watched good. it in Guildford. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, the Supreme Mimic, Daniel, if you could give a total of the scores. Yep. Uh, Nick had four and Tom is the winner with five. Hey, Tom what is the winner. Oh, Daniela, you, you, think you barely pressed the bell during that whole thing. Can I have a... Yeah. <laughs> Tom <laughs> is the winner. I'll put, I'll put bell sounds on afterwards, don't worry. Okay, so uh, that was great. That Bruh. leaves us with um, the Smegheads charts, which everybody loves. So I'll give you the top five, and then we can discuss amongst ourselves where you think Camille sits in there. So the top five is... Daniela, I also need to do the uh, <laughs> the tongue-tied sales update as oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's oh, yeah. Before we get to the Smegheads charts, let's kind of like build the anticipation. What... Give us the, um, if you remember on, on Tom's last uh, episode, which was for Parallel Universe, um, Tom, the two Toms, Tom Stab and Tom Duck, discussed um, the um, tongue-tied sales. So I think I remember they sold uh, between, the time it was released, to about 2,000. Well, no, so... They sold 100,000. Because the records of the OCC, the official charts company, only started from 1994 and this single was released in 1993. Yeah. We unfortunately missed the key period. Yeah. But what we established was that up until... Um, uh, up until... Well, basically, when we recorded the podcast, the yeah. sale, total sales have been 1,379. Yeah, and that's not including the, f- the 100,000... That had gone before, but obviously because before. it was all physical, physical media, yeah. it all sold out and there was it wasn't it wasn't available anymore. But now, obviously, because of streaming services and you can buy it digitally, yeah. you can get this track again. Yeah. So as of when we did the podcast, I can't remember the date, it was like October time, I think. Yeah. Done about 1,379. And just, just to button really quickly, I mentioned this to uh, Danny, Danny John Jules on Twitter and he went ballistic. Yes, he was claiming royalties. He wanted someone from Warner Brothers, from Warner Brothers Records to get in yeah, touch. Yeah, it was like Warners, you <laughs> robbers, <laughs> But also CC and Tom Dark who works at Warner. So I was like, oh my God, I've got Tom sacked. I've got Tom sacked. It wasn't, wasn't my Muse comments yeah, so, that got him so, sacked. Yeah, so Tom isn't in Australia because of choice. <laughs> He's been <laughs> to go there uh, because of his uh, tongue-tied revelations. Um, so the week of the podcast, I yeah. think, uh, for, so the week of the podcast, it done, or the week leading up to the, uh, the podcast, it had done four sales that week. Four sales. Post? Post, <gasps> post podcast. Okay, I'm really excited about so this. The Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> the Smegheads effect, I think we called the it. Smegheads effect. Yeah. It's not very good, but Aww. it's gone from, it went from four sales. Yeah. yeah. Now bear in mind that like, the number isn't particularly impressive. It's more yeah. about the percentage. percentage so, yeah, so it's yeah. all about like. So we deal with this. In the in it's in full-on medium mode. Numbers, it's, a, it's about the percentage. percentage yeah. So you take the figure that sounds most impressive. Yeah. So from four sales, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and then post podcast yeah. fourteen sales. Wow. Yeah. So bear in mind that 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 none of, none of those, as far as I can see, were digital download sales. They were all streaming. Yeah. So it's a hundred streams. That's pretty per good. Sale. That's like yeah. Three hundred and fifty percent. Two hundred and fifty percent increase. Two hundred percent. That's pretty good because of the Smack. Because of Amazing. you being out there, because of the podcast. So in two thousand and fourteen, that single like cumulative sales yeah. through streams and digital mm-hmm. downloads was 212 I, 212 in 2014 yeah that's yeah. pretty good in 2015 yeah. yeah those sales were cumulatively 233 that is a 10% Ooh. increase Ooh. Because of this I'm, up I'm excited to see what it's going to be at 2016. You have to come back so at the I end went of to the year. Right now, went to the reception. So the total like, sales were guy. at the time were 1,379. They are now a staggering 1,450. That is a good few pence. Because because well done, everyone. Solely because of this podcast. Danny John I've Jules. looked at the yeah, that's break. Fact. That's I've, fact. I've broken down the sales yeah. figures. Like it was you, towards you the end of the year, it kind of jumped. Post podcast. Uh, sorry, pre-podcast and post-podcast effect. And because of the people out there, that has gone up 250%. Someone bites uh, a fiver out of Danny John Jules. He's got his, <laughs> he's got his cut. He I mean, if angry. he listens... If, I'm Danny, posting if those you're results. Listening, Danny, yeah. if you're listening... He will listen at, to this bit. On, on Twitter, at Tom, T-O-N, <laughs> Dark, D-A-R-K. He will be able to t- sh- push you in the right... In the direction of the right person. To <laughs> you guys don't even know. Policies. Like there was, there was a flurry of emails between me and Danny John Jules where he wanted heads to roll, and I was just like, "Mate, this is nothing to do with me." <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing. So thank you to everyone who <laughs> listens to Cheddar Daniela's podcast for making this probably the the the, the biggest increase in sales that Danny John Jules and Tongue yeah. has ever seen. <laughs> and guys, I've got, I've got I've got a tip for you, Taylor Swift. Now. If you listen to Taylor Swift, and if she has a jump in, in sales, we know it's because of us. If she, if she if she somehow becomes successful, we know it's the same down to us. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, thank thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who listens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, if if you're out there, just go on Spotify, listen to it a hundred times. That equals one, yeah, one download. Times. And also, we did mention it last time. There is one remix on that. There's an EP. There's an the EP, remixes so great. there's the radio edit, and then there's also loads of remixes, and there's one really good sort of like uh, acid house piano led <laughs> remix, which is genuinely actually really good. It is great, um, but thank you very much for that, uh, Tom Stapp. If um, you want any more sales updates on Tongue throughout the years, <laughs> we will hit do. me up. We will need to do one. <laughs> we will do. So we want at Tom Dark at Tom on Dark. Twitter. Yes, he um, will answer all your questions. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to tweet him as soon as his podcast finishes <laughs> with at least five watch. questions. <laughs> um, and if you have any questions about Muse as well, go for Tom Dark. He, he likes that. Yeah, at he's Tom a big Dark fan. On Twitter. So uh, back onto the Smokehead charts. The top five at the moment. It's a new year, 2016, but not much has changed. Polymorph, number one. Backwards, number two. Thanks for the memory, number three. Maroons, number four. Better Than Life, number five. That's a strong top five. It's really strong. strong. Top five. Uh, we'll go down a little bit more. Stasis League 6, Quig 7. Not as bad as I kind of remembered. Uh, time Slide Should 8. Should still be higher, though. Parallel Universe 9. Um, and Confidence Paranoia at 10. Where do you think Camille sits? Do you think it's worthy of the top 10? Yes. Interesting. Really? Yeah. I think it's important. Just. It's important. What's in the, in it, 10, sorry? Confidence, Confidence and Paranoia. Confidence and Paranoia. 
I, I still don't remember that episode. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, I think is quite telling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm starting to think this should be bang on number 10. I would completely I, agree. Yeah, me too. I was, I was thinking it's not as good as Parallel Universe, but it's better than Confidence of Paranoia. Yeah, completely agree. I, Tom? Uh, well, I, I really like Parallel Universe. It's, it's because you were doing that episode, yeah. So yes, comment the paranoia there. Really erasing history. Both of your episodes are in top ten. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm happy with comments and paranoia being pushed down to eleven, and us slotting in. Yeah. I would be. Camille. I would be really surprised if it if it's still at w- within the ten within by the time you finish doing this. Oh, oh, it definitely will not be because there's so many good episodes. Come. I mean, series five is just full. I mean, the rest of series four is full of like yeah, amazing yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, for now it's back into it's into the Red Wolf charts at number ten. So the top oh, ten. Oh, we didn't talk about the order of the, this series oh, or yeah, anything so like so that, did we? About how yeah. this episode was not actually supposed to be. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on going with this podcast. Well, it's such a lovely time. <laughs> We're at over two hours now, guys. Well, down. But actually, like, yeah, I mean, in most of the series, very quickly. Besides the besides the, the very newest ones with Dave, they were all done out of sequence so this is nothing new and they obviously put this um, to tie in with Valentine's Day um, so sometimes like in series 3 it didn't kind of make sense um, the order because sometimes they contradicted themselves um, but yeah this this was fine I think the original the first episode that was going to be it was going to be the last episode May is it Mayhem is it um, um, but it was changed because of the Gulf War no it, it is uh, Meltdown Meltdown sorry yeah yeah which is kind of a bad episode as well um, oh god I watched it again last night <laughs> it's it's worse it's than Camille it's, it's worse than Camille and I really hated Camille yeah 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 I, I think I hate this that one but look I, I, I've knowing it's important in the Red Wolf universe Camille for me at the moment is fine the top 10 so the top 10 is Polymorph then Backwards and Thanks for the Memory Marooned Better Than Life Stasis Leak Queeg Time Slides Parallel Universe at number 10 new in it's Camille so thanks very much guys for doing this podcast Nick if people wanted to if they, if they like the sound of your voice and the cut of your jib where will they find you on the internet or you can you can look me up on uh, Twitter I'm at Nick Alder uh, yeah feel free say hello yeah, and uh, Tom Stab uh, I am at Tom Stab on Twitter and at Tom Stab on Instagram it's very easy to remember it's T-O-M two B's. Stab two B's yes Daniela, where can they find you on the internet? Should I'm on to? Twitter and I'm Daniela with one L Phillips. Yeah. And Daniela really, really likes it if you if you kind of contact her. Contact her as much as, yeah, as you want. Yeah. I don't um, have anything to bombard, do. Bombard, if yeah, anything. Yeah. I would bombard her. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Jed Shepard, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D on Twitter and Instagram. I need to get a theme song for my, for my um, name. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit I'm just one of my new favourite words braggadocio of you it's a bit braggadocio but I think it, it goes well um, and uh, you can find uh, stuff I do on uh, postpoprecords.com you find out the show notes from this podcast on postpoppodcast.com slash smegheads where you get show notes and you can see smegheads charts I might put up pictures of uh, Nick and Tom maybe perhaps Yay. Um, (laughs) and uh, yeah it's it's, it's a lot of fun Um, so thanks very much for for listening to us if you do want to contribute to the kind of uh, forum comments about uh, the episode go on to redwolf.co.uk sign up sign up it's a great website and you can find out more about the new season of uh, Red Dwarf 2 you can actually go to to see it being made uh, Red Dwarf 12 should you wish to and yeah thanks very much it's a great episode for the new year guys next week I think we will have uh, 
BBC Breakfast, early breakfast, five till seven. Um, we've got Rob Jelly on uh, talking BBC stuff and uh, Red Dwarf. And I, I used to work with him at another radio station. And his show is great. Before we go, yeah. just going to have a quick shout out to my dad. Oh, yeah. Because um, when this goes out on a Friday, will be his first day of retirement. So happy retirement, shout dad. Out, Congratulations. Daniel's dad. No, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Five years there. Yeah. And Daniel's parents will be on a future episode of Red Wolf. So you guys, you have... Not Red Dwarf, of us make it. Amazing, they turn up in series <laughs> twelve for a while. When's it going to happen? This season, this yeah, season. Yeah, this yeah, season. yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna Amazing. lock, lock we'll down next out. month. Yeah. They're uh, gonna come on. So thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to say nice things on iTunes and um, on on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually end this podcast right now. Thanks very much, Smokeheads. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.